Thanks for listening to Chicago's Morning Answer podcast sponsored by Signature Bank. Signature Bank takes pride in helping customers grow their business and provide unmatched banking expertise, custom financial solutions, and the industry's best technology. So whether you're a business looking for a deposit relationship or needs a ready source of financing, Signature Bank is the right bank for you. Call today at 773-467-5600 to hear how Signature Bank can help your business grow and thrive. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Right? Oh, hi, this is Anna. <laughs> ah. Oh, and I'm hearing my echo. Do you hear it too? I hear it. Yeah. Big time. All right, Amy Jacobson here with John Anthony, who's what? in for Dan Proft, and we have a new board in our studio. Yeah. Oh. That's uh, why I was sitting in uh, Mike Scott's office oh. Monday through Thursday. I thought, and so we have no control of our microphones. We have no way to talk to Justin. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred turnkey dot pro answer line six four six three six. You can always reach out to us that way. So there's some fallout from the first mayoral debate, and uh, I'm really concerned. Uh-oh. I'm having gubernatorial flashbacks. Uh-oh. Because remember the governor's race, it was all about? Abortion. Abortion, yes. Yeah. So Brandon Johnson is out with a new ad because during the debate, uh, this exchange happened about abortion. You know, I've always been a supporter of, of women's reproductive rights, always from the very beginning, from having gone to work for Don Clark Nets, who was one of the most activist and progressive of state senators. So I've always been supportive. And I will continue to ensure that Chicago is a city that will respect and support women's reproductive rights, but also visitors who come here too, just not Chicagoans, but anyone who visits the city. Mr. Johnson. Yes, absolutely. And I always have and I always will. Paul Vallis is on record of saying that he fundamentally opposes women's reproductive rights. He said it. He fundamentally opposes abortion. But it shouldn't be a surprise because he's hanging out with right wing extremists oh, there we go. who have attacked you. women. Look, you. I'm, I'm raising a daughter. I'm married to a wonderful, beautiful woman raised by one. Sisters, I work in a profession that is predominantly made up of women. Absolutely. As mayor of the city of Chicago, I'm going to protect a woman's right to choose. Paul Vallis, on the other hand, is working with right wing extremists where he says that he fundamentally opposes a woman's right to choose. Quick yeah, yeah, let me respond to that by basically saying that that's nonsense. I've never said that. Someone once asked me the religious question because I'm Greek Orthodox. And I really said, in essence, that I have the same position that President uh, that Nancy Pelosi has or Biden has. My fundamental religious beliefs aside, I will always be 100 percent supportive of a woman's reproductive right. What do you think of that answer? I, I, I think Brandon Johnson didn't complete his sentence. No. It's, as far as when it comes to Paul Vallis. But the information is yeah. now being used because Paul Vallis gave an interview back right. in 2009. Right. Right after Obama became elected, which who cares about that? That is, you know, <laughs> where he talked about women's reproductive rights. And Brandon Johnson conveniently has it now in a new ad. Paul Vallis, on the other hand, fundamentally opposes a woman's right to choose. That's nonsense. I've never said that. But the bottom line is fundamentally I oppose abortion. 
The Supreme Court today delivered one of its most consequential decisions in generations. The justice is saying we hold that Roe must be overruled. That says Roe versus Wade is history. But the bottom line is fundamentally I oppose abortion. But the bottom line is fundamentally I oppose abortion. But the bottom line is fundamentally I oppose abortion. What comes after that? What do you mean? What did Paul Vallis say after that? Fundamentally, I oppose abortion. And what does the city mayor have to do with abortion? Nothing can be done from a city perspective. The state has already deemed it, based upon House Bill 40, that abortion is the law of the land in Illinois. What what does the mayor have to do with that? Hours after that, not even hours, right after that ad aired online, Governor Pritzker tweets out, are you ready? As your governor, I will always protect the reproductive rights of women. And I just wanted to tweet back to him. Can you stop? We're so sick of hearing about abortion. But it works. That's why I'm now fearful that Paul Vallis might possibly lose the election. Yeah. I would love to find that clip to see what Paul Vallis said after I fundamentally oppose abortion. Right. Because he could have said, but. Right. We don't know. Right. Because we have to find that clip. We have to find that audio. Start looking. All right. I will. 312-642-5600. Turnkey.pro. Answer line 64636. Type in DA. Then a quick message. And I just wanted to play this for you because. While they were walking into the debate, I don't know about if you guys want. I'll tweet this out. But there was about eight black people holding Vallis for mayor signs who were <laughs> charging yeah. at Brandon Johnson yeah. as he walked into the NBC Tower. Brandon is a liar. Brandon is a liar. You get the deal. Yeah. And then when Paul Vallis arrived, they changed the two. Same group of people. I was tweeting you yeah. this yesterday or texting you. Did. you. you did. Um, could possibly those people have been getting paid for doing well, that? I'm sure they did. Of course they got Do people do that? Paid. Either I mean, gift cards or some some type of money. Or food money. or a meal. or Probably I, gift cards. All right. You know, and that's that's legal. Yeah. What's what's illegal about you? I mean, you got your advanced team got you some people out there to support you to show that you got to support, especially from the black community. All right. So I, I'm should I not be worried about this new revelation, this new ad? No, if Paul has to hit back. You know, if, you know, I, if he doesn't, I think that's what I, I kind of Paul doesn't hit back enough hard enough. Right. Did you watch the debate? I, oh, some of it. Some yeah. of it. Some of it. Well, the gotcha is, moments. Yeah, this is the uh, what they're going to do on day one. Okay, with public safety being the number one concern, Yeah. this is Paul Vallis' answer. Well, my top priority is public safety. And my top priority is to, is to bring all, all the individuals who are involved and have impact on public safety, just not the police department, but the U.S. Attorney's Office, the state uh, state. So what do Office. you do, though? Give us something you would do. Well, what, what I would immediately do is announce my new leadership team. I would immediately announce a new work schedule that would incentivize the police officers to remain. I would immediately okay. uh, d- direct the officers, because only 53% of the officers in the police department right now are on the local beats. Okay, so I would immediately push the resources down to the local beat level, and I would immediately invite the hundreds of officers who have left, who have indicated a willingness to return, not only those who have retired, but those who have transferred to other police departments. I would bring them in so we can provide the resources needed, whether it's whether it's the local beats or the CTA. Okay, John Anthony, You're former not police officer. What? You're not anybody that left. 
And there's greener pastures. They're never coming back. Right, but 106 are coming back. Yeah. They actually, one officer came on the show, and that put pressure on Mayor Lightfoot, and she said she would hire them back. She hasn't done that yet. They're in the process. Yeah. Um, But Paul Vallis, when when he is mayor, will make sure that happens. All right. Compare that to Brandon Johnson's (laughs) first day on the job. All right. Ready? Let's do it. We're going to double the amount of young people that we hire in the city of Chicago. We're going to expand not our, just our summer youth hiring program. We're going to make it year-round. There is a direct correlation between youth employment and violence reduction. We're going to do that right away. As a public school teacher, teaching in Cabrini Green, USA, teaching middle school students, I've looked into the eyes of young people when, when they're feeling a the less, little less hope. As mayor of the city of Chicago, I'm going to look people in the eye and I'm going to de- demonstrate how much we love them. Look, I grew up with a pastor. Where your heart is, your treasure will be also. I'm going to make sure that we are investing in the lives of young people because we actually can build a better, stronger, safer Chicago by making sure we're providing opportunities for our young people. And and as far as, though, action, as I asked him, what are the, besides hiring young people, what what concrete, what are you going to do? Yeah, that is concrete. We got to do that. Now, of course, I'm going to sit down with Paul and we can share stories about how traumatic running for mayor of the city of Chicago is. is Uh, But but truthfully, we can stand up a youth hiring program right away. The sister agencies working with our corporations. I've spoken to business leaders. They've been trying to invest in young people. This outgoing administration has created roadblocks, not with my administration. Hiring young people to work at City Hall on day one, that's his number one priority. Compare that to Paul. He sounds like a child. Paul sounds like an accomplished man. Sounds like a broken record to me. Everybody that runs in Chicago, they all say the same things. We're going to invest in the youth. We're going to, it's always about the children, right? And it's you know it's always about the children. But he kept repeating and repeating that line: a better, stronger, safer Chicago. A better, stronger, safer Chicago. A better, stronger. Yeah. Repeating over yeah. and over. And I don't think he's up for the job. And I heard, and we're going to have on at six thirty six Alderman uh, Roderick Sawyer, yeah. Yeah. who the Black Caucus met with both candidates. And I heard it was disastrous oh, for Brandon. For Brandon. Yes. Ouch. And I also heard that Mayor Lightfoot, I don't know if she's going to be endorsing anybody, but she um, gave her opposition research to Brandon Johnson on Paul Vallis. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, they share that. Paul Paul already knows what his, what his oppo is on himself. Yeah. Okay, so that's yeah, not a big are, deal. Yeah, of I shouldn't course. read he, that much no, into it. He already it. knows what his weaknesses are. And we, in our station, and I know other news outlets, have foiled this police stop between Brandon Johnson. It happened on, uh, when was that, January, um, on a Sunday at 15th and State. He was pulled over. because 2023? Yeah. Oh. His plates didn't, 2022. Okay. Yeah, no, no, 2023. Yeah. A few, months, a, a few months ago. And my phone was blowing up. You have to look into this. Well, he didn't get, he just received a, a ticket for a wrong license plate was on yeah. his vehicle. Ooh. And when he got pulled over, he was speeding in a bike lane. Kill people doing that in a bike lane. The liberals love their <laughs> bike lanes. And um, and I apparently asked for a supervisor right away. And that's what transpired. Because people made up things, you know, like he said, things that just were not true. It was you know, it like, racial... when, I, when I become mayor, I'm going to fire you. He really? Didn't say, no. None he of didn't that say No. No, no, no. Body cam video. There is body cam video of oh, it. Oh, so you've but, seen it? Well, I heard it's a big nothing burger. Okay. I know somebody who saw it who said, no. Yeah. yeah. It's not. It's not what you think. It was all lies. So put that to rest. 312-642-5600. And also, both of our senators, Duckworth, Durbin, and Governor Pritzker said they're all sitting this one out. That they're not oh. going to be making a public endorsement for either Brandon Johnson or Paul Vallis. Follow the money. So what does that mean? Follow the money. 
because that you, means they're going to probably send money to PACs and things of that nature to, to push whatever candidate they're, they're behind. All right. Follow the money. Ken Griffin uh, endorsed Paul Ballas yesterday. Oh, wow. But I don't know if he's given him any money yet. Yeah. So far, nothing. Yeah. Well, you'll find out. You'll, you'll find out. Illinois sunshine. All right, let's go to Ron on the south side. You're on Chicago's morning answer. Hi, Ron. Hey, good morning, Amy and John. Good morning, uh, just two things. I thought that the debates would be a little better uh, since you know you went from nine to two, and I think it almost was uh, worse. It's pathetic. I didn't get it. I, and, and Brandon Johnson appears to be interviewing to be the CEO of the Chicago Public Schools. I do not need to hear any more that he is a uh, is a teacher. And actually, I don't need to hear that he's. Well, that's all that he has. Yeah, I mean, he's young. He was a teacher, and now he's a community activist for CTU, and he gets paid a hundred thousand dollars a year. And I want to know exactly what oh. he does. What? Oh, yeah, exactly. he's still getting paid. Here's the bigger thing. Here's, here's the bigger thing, and you all you you all uh, mentioned it. And, and Paul Valens is going to have to. And, and you know, Brandon is just doing a tax, you all, because he has nothing to run on. But and I agree with you all about this idea of a youth job program. You don't need that. Yeah. Every place that I go, they say we need workers. Right. So why would you the the private sector if if they were going to do something, they were really interested in young people having jobs you can have a big job fair united center and say here are the companies that need youth workers or workers period yeah and the people come you don't need government to have have that because let me say this i i'm talking to quite a few of my friends and we are successfully retired we're 15 16 years old Went to Jules, got a job bagging groceries. There was no yep. program, and that began our career as far as working. So that's nonsense. And 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 you know what? I did the same thing with with my son. I helped him get a job when he was fifteen. Never helped him again. He's three years old. So you, you need the parents to get right. involved. Need to get Take involved. Child and fill out that. Yeah. So that's it, guys. Y'all right. have Thanks, a good day. Right, yeah. Right. I mean, when I was 15, I got a work permit so yeah. I could work at Diamond Dave's in Randhurst, yeah. flipping tacos. And But it taught you responsibility. Yeah. And then when my son was 15, we got him a work permit so he could work at Zia's. Really? And then the restaurant closed down. I was a hustler, <laughs> painting. And what were you doing? Oh, painting, collecting. Remember, remember when you can collect bottles, Pepsi bottles? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn them cents. in for five cents. Oh, yeah. I was a hustler. Uh-huh. I've been a hustler all my life. Oh, good. <laughs> At least you own it. The stories you need to know to start your day. This is Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer. Business owners, now's the time for your business to make the move to a locally owned business bank. Hi, Mike Gallagher here to let you know that you don't have to look far. Signature Bank was founded in Chicago with a simple mission to help companies like yours grow, succeed, and thrive. Their decisions are made locally by a terrific team that knows your name, cares about your business, and invests in your success. That's why Signature Bank is my bank. I'm a customer. As business owners, they knew that local family-owned businesses were not getting the help they needed or deserved. 
So I invite you to reach out to my friends at Signature Bank today. Write the number down. Remember this phone number, Signature Bank, 773-467-5630. And learn all about this great bank, 773-467-5630. Or visit them online at SignatureBank.Bank. That's SignatureBank.Bank. Signature Bank makes commercial banking personal. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. America First with Sebastian Gorka. Today at 3, right before Sean Thompson at 4 on AM560. The answer. Good Friday morning. Amy Jacobson here. John Anthony and for Dan Croft. And uh, we're the guinea pigs. Yeah, sounds good here. My name twice. Yeah, I know. I can hear a reverb, reverb. I'm thinking remote. I'm going to live in my house. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, we're going to get through it. But the problem is, we want everybody to know. We do not have control of our microphones. At all. <laughs> and we can't communicate with Justin. No. The way we're going to co- communicate with Justin, I'm going to throw up some signals. Yo, hey. Hands I, no game banging. This means, this means help. This means turn off my mic. I have to cough. We're communicating through notes on the window, too. That's oh, that's right. Cool. So Nikki Whaley is in for Mike Scott because he put a little post-it on the window yeah, to let I see us it, know. Yeah. Oh, well, a lot of news to get to today, of course. Always busy when you're here. And you have your show tomorrow. Yes. And what are you going to be doing? We're going to be talking about education. We're going to bring a couple of school board members on. And um, I have this lady named Amy Nelson out of Tennessee, former school superintendent. Uh, she spoke at the Charlie Kirk event two weeks ago. She's going to come on the show to talk about education and the strings, the puppet masters that are out there. Oh, yeah. Well, one of the puppet masters is Governor Pritzker, yes. who is now throwing a half million dollars at school board elections. Yeah. And we're going to have two school board members who are vying for a spot. Uh, they'll be on our show later. Yeah, my friend. Yeah. My I don't close. know. You're friends, with, you're friends with everybody. Yes. So when you say, oh, my friend. Yeah. A close friend. Yeah. Okay. Yes, very close. Her, uh, Chrissy and um, and her husband, Mike. All right. Well, um, you got to come to their Halloween party. Yeah. What is this Halloween party? Oh, they party? throw... Heck of a Halloween. Well, we'll party. talk to him about oh, that yeah, when, when he's here. All right, Paul Vallis has a new ad. I just want to run this one by you because okay. Brandon Johnson has the ad about abortion. Ugh, I'm so sick of talking about it. Paul Vallis, this is a positive story. This is something that happened while he was CEO of CPS. President Bill Clinton called on the nation to follow what Paul Vallis accomplished as head of Chicago schools. Just look at Chicago, which ended social promotion and made summer school mandatory for those who don't master the basics. Math and reading scores are up three years running with some of the biggest gains in some of the poorest neighborhoods. It will work, and we should do it. As mayor, Paul Vallis will do it again for all of Chicago. I like that message. Because <laughs> it's true. I mean, yeah. he wants to start have schools open on the weekends yeah. for kids. And I, guess I had an open gym last weekend for volleyball. So many people, they want to be part of something. Yeah. 70 kids showed up. Yeah. And they just want to, you know, they want something to do. Yeah. And so whenever I see an empty gym or an empty classroom, I get a little nervous, you know, a little antsy of why, you know, somebody should be using that. Yeah. I would go to school on Sundays if they'd let me. You would? But they, oh, yeah. No, I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> Monday they, through Friday's enough for me. <laughs> no, I'm a Monday through Saturday. I go every day <sighs> and Lord. I demand the same of my players, but I think they want to show up. Yeah. No, they they. But do. did you hear the, the 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 dark ad that Brandon Johnson played? The light. I want to hear. I'm here to help you. Ad that Paul Vallis ran. 
totally, totally, two, two totally different campaigns going in two totally different directions. Chicago, I think, listen, Paul Vallis is no Republican. That's he's him, not bro. a Republican. He he's been not on this show yes. filling in. He despises, he does not like Trump. Yeah. He ne- would never vote for Trump. He's, he's a Why are you looking at my Democrat. hat while you say that, though? Oh, yeah, MAGA Republican. <laughs> That's right. I'm staking my ground where I'm standing, who I'm, who I'm supporting. So you're, uh, you're all in for I'm Trump? I'm all team Trump. Really? Still, yes. When did that change? That, it's never changed. Uh, I'm going to have to say that Mm-mm. at one point in time, I did think that you were on the bubble no. for Trump. No. No. Nope. Not at all. You're all in. I'm all in for Donald Trump. Okay. Big time. Let's go to the phone lines. 312-642-5600. Craig in Mount Greenwood, you are on Chicago's Morning Answer. How are we sounding, by the way? Can you tell a difference? Well, you always sound very, very good in uh John basically sounds very, very good. So I would tell you that uh, the sound coming across is very good. All right. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you guys are loud and, loud and clear and crisp and everything. And I, I love when you two guys are together in that. I catch John on the weekend in that and catch you every day, Amy. Yeah. So, oh, thank, thank you. you. You're welcome. Yeah, you know what I had to say is um, it's, this is a beautiful example of just how politicians have the habit of always um, taking telling the particular crowd that they're talking to at any given time what they want to hear. And they say one thing one time, and they'll say something different. And in the old days, they could get away with it because you didn't have tape to roll or look back and say, oh, yeah, he said this one time. Well, nowadays, it's different. And here's a perfect example of it. And so, yeah, Dallas has got this, uh, you know, step in here with saying something different. But beyond that, for, um, this is something that John uh, will really love. Uh, Trump was an, uh, was an exception to that. You couldn't go back there. That guy came out hitting and doing all, was sticking on his, like, the way he felt about things, even even when it wasn't, you know, he was in a group that, uh, you know, or there was people around that wouldn't have liked what he said. He just did it anyways. So you really couldn't go back and get tape and say, oh, yeah, Trump uh, said this, or he was going to be for this or against that. Right. And I think that's a good testimony of uh, where a person that isn't going to be a politician and is going to basically be, you know, have uh, stand on their word, say something and be uh, honest, is really a big deal. It's a big deal to all of us as, uh, you know, smart voters, let's put it that way. All right. Thanks, Craig. Appreciate the phone call. I mean, I, in 2009, I was, I pulled a Democratic ballot in yeah. 2000, no, wait, 2008. And then 2010, I pulled a Republican ballot, and I've always pulled a Republican ballot yeah. in the primary since. People change. Yeah. But they're, you know, I, I, I just think that they have nothing else. They can't assassinate Vallis's character. Right. He's a loyal father. Yeah. Loyal husband. He really has no character flaws. If anything, he's kind of nerdy, <laughs> which I don't mind nerdy. Nerdy's right. good. Right. Embrace the nerd. But he, I think his biggest thing is he's a threat to CTU. Right. That's, that's the reality of it. And this is what's so frightening because there are so many CTU. How many CTU members are there? A lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, they responded to Ken Griffin and Willie Wilson endorsing Paul Vallis. And we're going to we're going to bring that to you because that's a doozy yeah. at eight o'clock. And when we have uh, Dr. Willie Wilson on. But um, they're they vote. Yeah. And they have a ground game. Mm-hmm. So they're not only just voting for themselves. They're telling their family members. They're telling their neighbors. You know, you got to get out and vote. Yeah. And the the runoff election is April 4th. That's during spring break. Yeah. And not, not a lot of cops vote. They're right. big. They're big voting block in 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 Chicago too. But a lot of them don't vote. A lot of cops don't vote because the FOP is backing Paul yeah. Vallis. Let's hope they get out there and and vote this time though. What do you think about endorsements though? Willie Wilson backing. I mean, will, will Willie Wilson convince his 
constituents to get out there and vote for Paul Vallis. That wasn't the biggest one to me. Jesse White was the bigger, the really? bigger grab for me. Well, for me, it was Alderman Walter Burnett. Yeah, well, when I saw that. Jesse I said, opened okay, that door. Right, right, right. But that was right. I think that's what Jesse made it comfortable for other black people to come out and say, "I can support a ball, Paul Vallis over the black candidate, Brandon Johnson." Brandon Johnson is scary. I had a run in he with him, scary. which uh, you know, this whole I'm a son of a pastor. Uh, he's a bully. Yeah. He was in my face. We had a we speaks. Yeah. And because um, I asked him, I said, you know, the the teachers union they didn't vote on a candidate. Normally, you vote who your dues go to. Yeah. And now CTU this morning we're learning is kicking in two million more dollars to Brandon Johnson. Eight so they're all per... in eight dollars per uh, member <laughs> till the end of the year. Wow. To go to Brandon Johnson. Wow. His policies will be will will create. A vacuum in Chicago like none of Social workers instead of police officers no, responding to I mental health issues. last Saturday. Yeah, well, you're a cop. Yeah. You want to be that social worker? Because no. that's a death mark. No. You better be armed. You better have on a bulletproof vest. Yeah. But I don't think they're going to do that. Now, you want to start hiring officers who have background in psychology and things of that nature? I get that. But just sending, sending uh, social workers to domestic calls... You think, listen, I've been to many of my, many, well, I've been, I've gotten into fights. Um, and isn't I'm, the worst I, I, I'm, call, isn't I'm really, the worst call to respond to. It's, it's one of the worst calls. Now, and I was Mr. Reasonable. People knew me when I was a cop as being, the, that's the reasonable guy. You can go talk to this guy. And I still got into fights on domestics. Now, because they're so amped up, they're so charged. And you think you go, you're, you're going to be able to talk to them. Not, it's not happening, Amy. It's okay. Simply not happening. Uh, you could try that, but so many more cops and these social workers are going to get hurt. Let's go to Mary Kay in Western Springs. Hi, Mary Kay. Hi, hi Amy. Hi, John. Um, hey. What kind of friends are we? Are we? What kind of friends am I to you guys? You were talking about friends a little while ago. Yeah. We're friends. <laughs> we're friends. Anyway, we've we've right. golfed so together. Can, yeah, we play. I love it. All right, communication, you know, is really important. I, you guys don't know this about me. Nobody does. I'm deaf, 100% deaf on one side. Like, I had an accident when I was four, so I can't hear at all. And communication is so important to me because I can't, I miss a lot of what people say and stuff. So that's part of, you know, that's a thing with me. And it's so important to get that clear message, whether you're talking face-to-face out in the neighborhoods or whatever. Make sure people understand what it is you're really trying to say. Now, in politics, you know how it goes, guys. It's back and forth, old clips of Paul Vales talking about abortion and things like that. So that's what I'm afraid of with this Brandon Johnson. He he does not belong in the, on the fifth floor. He is not ready, and um, that's going to mess up the city. The other point, Amy, you talked about CTU being, you know, how many are in the union? Do you guys know? Yeah, I don't know. We're, if somebody could help 60, us. <laughs> Yeah. All right. But I mean, I know there's to, half a million students or 400,000, at least at some point in time. But we are yeah, going to find so, that out right now. Like you said, talk to two people, two people, whatever the election's over. And um, uh, so if you're already engaged in the election, please try not to be a one issue voter because you were, you can be smarter than that and broaden your knowledge about what's going on in an election. And um, just don't be all abortion or all education. Try to. Um, be smarter than that. That's what I, and be, you know, we're all human. That's the thing. We're all human. So, that, you know, right. just like in a domestic trend, we all go, yeah. nuts, they go nuts though when we, we vote with our gut and fight with our gut. But, all right. Thanks, Mary yeah. Kay. Have a good all right, weekend. I'll listen tomorrow, John. Thanks. All right. Thank all you. Right. 20, the Chicago Teachers Union has some 20,000 teacher and clinician members, according to the Chicago Teachers 
Website. So they have 20,000? 20,000. 20, FOP is what, 13,000 Somewhere Chicago 11, police officers. Well, 11. But then add in SEIU. And then yeah. yesterday the nurses union yeah. supported Brandon Johnson. So, Just because the union support him doesn't mean the people are going to come out and vote. I don't know. All right, let's go to Phil and Darian. You're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Hey, good morning, guys. Morning. Listen, guaranteed, guaranteed 100% all ballots will lose. No. Um, the doctor's message, yes, guaranteed. The doctor's message, uh, you know, the content of one's character, not the color of their skin, this is going to be the color of someone's skin. Look at look at Mayor Darko already gave the dark files to Brandon so that he can attack. Now, I know, I hate to say it, but it's the truth. You guys know it's the truth. It's all about the color of someone's skin. I hate to say it, but mm-hmm. it, you guys know it's true. There will not be another wh- white mayor in the city of Chicago. No, I you disagree. Guys have a nice day. Right, I, I disagree. And I hate when people say to me, oh, he can't win because he's white. Stop that nonsense. Do your homework. You know, Dan wants maximum Marxism. Yeah. You know, that's why he's Sean like, too. Oh. Sean <laughs> like too. burn it down. Burn it down. Well, I don't want that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know if they're being cute for radio, you know, because they're so fun. And I, I love them both in weird ways. But anyhow, um, well, we live here. Yeah. And I know they say, oh, just because I live here doesn't mean I have a voice. No, you right. can have a voice. But I'm saying that's not cool. Right. Think think of others besides yeah. yourself. But there is truth to what that caller said, though, because, you know, this is the opportunity to get that next black man into the office again. Remember Harold Washington. Yeah. You know, so they, they want a Harold Washington type of person, but Brandon Johnson is no Harold Washington no. at all. And Paul, well, it depends on the turnout. What 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 is the turnout numbers going to be like? You know, who has the better Probably, ground game? Well, we had 33% turnout. Right. That's sick. But who has the better I mean, how, ground I, game? Half the people, and my ward voted for Brandon Johnson. Right. The rich white liberal ladies in the 47th right. went for Brandon Johnson. Yeah. Unbelievable. He got more votes than he got in his own war. Because they're probably thinking, oh, I did something. I voted for a black man. Look yeah. at me. Yeah. And then you, but, but And they don't you, even live here. They live in their homes, other but you, homes. But you got that, that, that liberal white woman who's, who, that's her message. Right. I get to vote for a black man to become the mayor. So Paul is up against these, these, these factors. And who's, who's going to have the better ground game? Who's going to secure enough? Mail-in ballots to push their candidate. SEIU has 13,000 members. Yeah. Uh, Also, you want to talk about crime? I got a text message last night. Oh, I don't want to cry. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. 14 victims were targeted. These are these armed robbery crews, and they've been going out. They started, uh, it wasn't like, it was Wednesday evening. Started out in Lincoln Park, Old Town. Bucktown, Logan Square, and beyond up into Lakeview. And these were just robbing random people, carjacking them. One, uh, my friend's niece was pistol whipped Uh in the head. Lucky he didn't shoot her. And uh, they would take phones. They would take whatever they could, wallets. And uh, it's, this is serious. And they're still on the loose. But this is what happens. They just keep going. Roll. They don't care. This is what happens when you demonize the police. And when you tell them they can't chase after people, when you tell them they can't do their job, this is what happens. This right and, here. And these these thugs yeah. are probably out on electronic monitoring or no cash bail. Yeah. Mike, in the loop, you're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Thanks, Amy. You know, I was thinking about these mental health professionals. He wants to deploy. Would they have been deployed to that 
domestic incident where that poor officer was killed the other day with right yeah and he I was a know. hero he he pulled up to that scene that was, a, that was a domestic violence call right thanks mike for pointing that out he well, rolled up on the scene and literally the car didn't even stop and he just got out running yeah. toward the gunman to stop yeah. him yeah and got in a shootout with him <sighs> and yesterday I... his brother spoke to my cousin my little brother my fellow officer we said farewell but we will never forget you I keep thinking how in 15 days we would have made five years since we started this policing journey. I keep thinking of how you always wanted to be the police, despite everything that comes with this. You loved it. I would never want to be anything else. You've taught me to value life. You've taught me to always laugh. You taught me to smile, even if it's an awkward smile. Because life is short. And it was just... If you can see, uh, the Chicago Tribune had still photographs from, yeah. throughout the day. His wife uh, clutching the Chicago flag. Um, lo- people lined up for miles. Yeah. Strangers I've, I've that never met him. Preschoolers from this Lutheran school, St. John's Lutheran, yeah. came out with signs. But um, Andreas Vasquez Lasso, 32 years old, mm. five years on the job, and... Talk about a lack of respect for police. And people want to know why I give the police the benefit of the doubt. Connect with Dan and Amy on the AM560 The Answer mobile app. Just text the word app to 64636 to download the app today. Hey, business owners, is your business and money in good hands? Does your bank invest in your success? Hi, Mike Gallagher here, letting you know that when you need a relationship bank, Signature Bank makes commercial banking personal. I love these guys. Not only do they have expansive industry experience, a strong financial track record, but they're also highly capitalized for strategic growth. That's so important. That's why Signature Bank is my bank. They know what it means to grow a business by designing solutions that are right for you and only you. These are real people. They're ready to help. So reach out to my friends at Signature Bank. Make the call today, 773-467-5630, 773-467-5630, or visit them online at SignatureBank.Bank. That's SignatureBank.Bank. Your business could be Signature Bank's next success story. Go online, SignatureBank.Bank, member FDIC, Equal housing lender. Signature Bank. This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Good Friday morning. Amy Jacobson here with John Anthony. Hey, hey. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, and you have a big show tomorrow. Your show is from 4 to 7. 4 to 7 p.m. Got it right. Black and White Radio, John Anthony. That's right. A live program. So if you're jonesing to call into a radio station over the weekend, that is the program to listen to. And there's others uh, on this station as well. Just make sure you tune into mine. Yes, exactly. (laughs) All right. So I've been dying to do this story all week, Mm. Um, in part because Justin and I have been arguing about it all week long. I thought you were saying you're dying of this coffee because it's no, so strong. No, no, that's, yeah, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, so I used to live in El Paso, so I've been to Ciudad Juarez mm-hmm. a gazillion times. I was a reporter in Tucson. I went to Count Nogales. I've been to the small towns. 
And so I was shocked when four Americans were kidnapped, two murdered by a drug cartel. Yeah. And nobody really seemed to care. I, why are we not at war with Mexico? Uh-oh. 312-642-5600, Pro answer line, 64636, type in DA, then a quick comment. Because it's not bad enough. They're killing us on both sides of the border. Yeah. With fentanyl, mm-hmm. the number one cause of death. For Americans 18 to 45 years old. Fentanyl overdose. Fentanyl over Accidental fentanyl Excellent. overdoses. They're killing our children and adults yeah. on this side of the border. And now they're killing us on the other side of the border. So P- Peter Ducey, who I love, took, you know, asked KJP, <laughs> what's going on? Cartels kill Americans on this side of the border with drugs. And now they're killing Americans on the other side of the border with guns. Why is President Biden so comfortable with cartels operating so close to the U.S.? Because of the work that this president has done, because of what we've done specifically on fentanyl at the border, it's at historic lows. It's at historic lows? Yeah. How does she go to bed at no. night lying through her teeth Yeah. You like guys that. had Tom Holman on a couple of weeks ago, maybe a yes. month ago. Yeah, That's not what he testified to when he was on the show. Yeah, and that's not what anybody is saying because it's a big, bold lie. Lindsey Graham, because these four kids, or four kids, these four friends, were from South Carolina, is introducing legislation. So what are we going to do? We're going to up the ante. We're going to designate these groups and others, if appropriate, foreign terrorist organizations under U.S. law, changing the game for those who provide assistance to them. What drives this? is fentanyl. It's been a game changer. More people died in the United States from fentanyl poisoning than car wrecks and gun violence combined. Wow. Fentanyl is becoming the leading cause of death for Americans ages 18 to 45. 200 Americans die every day due to fentanyl overdoses. Fentanyl overdoses cause the equivalent of a new September 11th every two weeks. I think John and I believe that if there were an ISIS or Al-Qaeda cell in Mexico that lobbed a rocket into Texas, we'd wipe them off the planet. They're doing that times thousands. So he's going to be introducing legislation that would give Biden the opportunity and the authority to use military force against cartels directly. So he wants to start a war with Mexico. Basically. Basically. Well, Bill Barr, he defined it because we have taken out cartels in Colombia mm-hmm. and other countries. These were some of the tactics we used in Colombia. We eliminated the Cali cartel and the Medellin cartel. Mm-hmm. We have we have destroyed cartels in the past. It just takes focusing on them and doing it in in Syria. Uh, I mean, I think this could be done with with, le- you know, n- not as that as uh, uh, much kinetic uh, force used as we did in Syria. But that was a that was a precise operation. There were there were a few thousand American special operators that pulled that off and we destroyed ISIS. We can do this. And right now, the White House is noncommittal about sending troops over the border. Yeah. Three one two six four two five six zero zero turnkey dot pro answer line. You can also text us at six four six three six type in D.A. Then a quick comment, because Eric Erickson, he said that six hundred Americans were abducted by Mexican cartels. In 2021, wow. most of them you don't hear about because right. they'll put out a ransom privately to the family and the family just pays it off. Yeah. When I was in Mexico, we got um, 
Well, I'll tell that story in a second. But the, the backstory oh. of these four friends, well, it's actually there was five of them. They drove from South Carolina to Mexico because yeah. this woman named Tay McGee, she was getting a tummy tuck. She's had six children. Tummy tuck or BBL? Well, uh, I, what's a BBL? That's the when they get their butt reconstructed. No, um, I didn't know about the butt. Um, I just heard about the tummy tuck. And Justin thinks that that is the most selfish thing anybody could do. But her friends went with her to share driving responsibilities. And they're childhood friends. And, you know, two of them were killed and two survived. When I first saw it, I thought it was a drug deal going wrong. When I first heard about it. I said, Well, they're dead because they're black. And if anybody can't admit that, then, you know. Go back to the hole you're living in because they thought that they were Haitian smugglers right. encroaching on their turf. Right. And then they realized after they shot them, oh, my God, these are Americans. We're in trouble. But, but Justin, what were you going to say about how selfish this woman I, is? Because she I, has had six kids. OK, right and things there, start to hang down there. There are places in this world you just don't go to. It's like going to Afghanistan and being surprised that you're seeing the Taliban. It's it, it's 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 so simple. Don't go places you're not welcome, especially when there's a cartel war going. And these guys exactly. are fearless. They, they, they roll know. up on the beach and they will start shooting people. They video of that. It is so scary. I have no interest in going to Mexico and taking your friends down there. And now you are still alive and you know presumably still wanting the tummy tuck. And your friends are dead because of it. Well, 1.2 million Americans travel to Mexico Every year, no, for medical procedures and complex dentistry, there was, you know, when I just last time I was in Cancun across the street was this beautiful dental complex and people come from all over the world because it's cheap cheap. and you have American and European doctors there that are doing the same procedures at a fraction of the cost. And they they don't have to worry about all the regulations that we have here in America. So that's one of the reasons why people go to Mexico. But do you think that, am I, am I reaching, though, that if this we were white Americans that were killed, there'd be a little more fire under you somebody's know, belly to do something? I would have to see what their actions were. What did they do? What As they drove into town, did they stop? Did they stop in the middle oh, of the Oh, they were lost. They, they were out? looking for see? the place. Yeah. And the drug cartel had a checkpoint. Yeah. And they didn't know, you know, they, a language barrier. Now, one person didn't have the documentation to get into Mexico, she so stayed. she stayed behind. And thank God she did because she kept calling them. Yeah. And nobody was answering. Yeah. So that's when she alerted police. And then that video was on social media matching their descriptions. And that's when the FBI got involved. But for three days, they were held captive and moved around the two survivors and moved around from location to location. And I I saw the little small house that they were, I mean, the little small shed or whatever they they found in. Yeah. Yeah. So this is what happened. The uh, yesterday got, we got an apology letter yesterday. The Scorpions fraction of the Gulf cartel. Apologize. They captured the five people who allegedly did this, had them face down on the ground, their hands and feet tied, uh, t-shirts over their head. Yeah. With a, they were put in a van with a letter attached on the windshield of yeah. the car, and it said, "Dear Americans, we have decided to turn over those who were directly involved and responsible in the events." who at all times acted under their own decision-making and lack of discipline. Those individuals have gone against the cartel's rules, which include respecting the life. I don't know if this is a this time music. Which, which include respecting the life and well-being of the innocent. Then at the end, they said, they're asked, quote, society, please remain calm. The guilty parties will pay regardless 
of who they are. Oh, they got them. Sincerely, the Scorpions faction of the golf cartel. Yeah, okay. So they went into <laughs> well, villages. This is a PR move. To they went into and... villages and snatched up people and sent them instead. No, of their I mean people. I don't know if they're the per- but. They they also killed another Mexican woman, and they apologized to the American families who lost loved ones, and they apologized to the family of the Mexican woman who was also caught in the crossfire who yeah. lost her life. So the cartel gave up their own people. Yeah, okay. They would be hung up, bl- strung up somewhere if if it was real cartel people. Then this is not cartel. These are people they probably went in and snatched out of their own little towns. 312-642-5600. Let's go to Clay and Wheeling. You're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Good morning, Amy. Is, is your guest uh, John Anthony? Yes. Yeah. Uh, good morning, John Anthony. Morning. I've, <laughs> I've actually met you before at the Cigar Night. So. Oh, nice. Um, so my comment is, uh, first, can I speak to the cartel's HR departments? Yeah. Uh, I yes. know they're apologetic, but are they also diverse and inclusive? Oh, I don't know if they have a diversity, a die director. We'll find out. Ah, okay. Um, following, following up with that, um, you're going to see a lot more of this happen. The Sinaloa cartel has now officially been taken out. All these other cartels, cartels are like governments. They're a necessary evil. You're never going to get rid of drugs. But the Sinaloa cartel did it with uh, a certain fashion to it where they were respectable about certain bounds and had certain guidances and certain rules and this and that. And the Sinaloa cartel was the least of the evils. Now that the United States government has taken out El Chapo and taken out the Sinaloa cartel, all these other cartels are grabbing all the meat yeah. that's left behind, and you're going to start to see worse and worse and worse. So I right. would not travel to Mexico in the next five years. I Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Thanks. I wouldn't either. I went, mm-hmm. One time there was, it was in between a, it was a drug cartel where I was in Nogales, and all the shops were empty. I brought my kids there. I thought, oh, yeah, we just we used to come here all the time. I went to my yeah. favorite restaurant. And I asked to sit on the terrace, and the owner looked at me like, what are you yeah. What are you doing here? We're in between a drug war. So we ate our meal, and then we left as soon as possible <laughs> to get out of there because yeah. we didn't know. But it's scary. I mean, I got pulled over once because we drive to Rocky Point a lot from Phoenix. You drive down, mm-hmm. and um, on that highway, we got pulled over by the police because I was too over, yeah. and uh, they needed money. Uh, they wanted 100 bucks right then and there. Did you give it to them? Oh, I, if they were going to take me to jail. And my kids laughed like, Mom, they go to a Mexican prison. Mom's going to a Mexican prison. And I said, no, no, we're all going, we're all going. to a Mexican prison. I'm not leaving you here. So then they reluctantly coughed up the money yeah. to give me. So Yeah, yeah but the strongman, there's no strongman. No, somebody there, to, like, uh, what's the guy he just said um, who just Americans arrested? The drug kingpin. kingpin. Yeah. There's nobody there as a strong person. To push back everybody. Well, yeah, that's why you have the cartels always. run Mexico. Right. The government does not run Mexico. But then you mess with Americans, and mm, yeah. the uh, apology letters come. Bob and Edison Park, you're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Yeah, I think this talk is insane. I think these neocons, from Dan Crenshaw to Lindsey Graham, they cannot wait to get us in another war. Mm-hmm. Think, think about this. How about we? Well, first off, why don't we just shut the border? down exactly okay that would eliminate a lot of this problem okay the other thing is this could you imagine the first errant missile that takes out a school in mexico because that'll never happen right these special operators these people they they can't get into enough wars anywhere and isn't this kind of like isn't this like putin's doing to ukraine is mexico going to be the new ukraine 
that we're invading, oh, we're going to come up. We don't shut down our border. The drugs come in. Oh, now we have to spend trillions in military, start a war, and the Mexicans, are the Mexican people going to say, oh, the gringos are here to save us? We've seen this before. All right. Thanks, Bob. Very That's what I was going to say. As soon as I heard Lindsey Graham yep. saying, you know. Well, it's his, the people in his state. Yeah, So he has I know. to do something. But they're noncommittal on sending troops right well, now. the Mexican president said he's not authorizing anybody. Wink, wink. I'm not authorizing anybody to come into my country. No other foreign um, state. Okay, we'll just keep it. letting them bring the fentanyl over and everything else. Uh, John in Naperville, you're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Yeah, this could be taken care of literally in two days. I agree with your other caller. You shut down the border, and that's it. Shut it down. And also these cartels, take a page out of Donald Trump's book. You know, send the leader of these cartels a picture of their home and say, we can hit this with a cruise missile any time that we want. Yep. No, I, I, and you know that they know who they are. Of course. You know. Of course. CIA knows everybody down there. Oh, All the is. players. Uh, Mike and Union, you're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Hey, good morning, John and Amy. Hey, Rook, just a couple of points. So, first, the uh, Biden administration would have to admit that there is a border crisis. Um, I mean, that's, that's the only way they're going to act on this. Um, it, it, it's ridiculous. Nothing's going to happen. Um, that's what I think. Like Nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Lindsey yeah. Graham has a press conference showing, you know, these are the cartels. These are who's in charge where. Yeah. But they're already in Chicago. We have three different cartels. Yeah. We have the Sinaloa, the Gulf, yeah. and another uh, Jalisco yeah. cartel are mm-hmm. already here. Mm-hmm. Because they can't sell marijuana anymore because it's legalized. Right. So what do they do? Fentanyl, drug trafficking, sex trafficking. Labor trafficking. Yeah, and they're killing Americans and nobody cares. Uh, Tina and Joliet, you're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Hey. Hi, good morning. Hey, Tina. Hi, guys. Um, John, you just hit the nail on the head. The CIA knows exactly who these people are, and I find it so incredibly suspicious that within 24 hours, the two that weren't killed immediately are found alive and sitting in a shack somewhere. Uh Uh-uh. We, our government knows. Our government's involved. I don't buy any of it. This is so crazy suspicious. There is tons of medical tourism um, on that border. Uh, it's hugely profitable. It's hugely uh, um, uh, popular. I know more and more women who are doing it. And um, our government is all over this. I, 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 they turned a blind eye to all these drugs coming into our country because they get paid. And nobody will change my mind about that. We okay. know where it's coming from. We know who's involved. All right. Thanks, guys. All right, Thanks, thank Tina. Appreciate it. Let's go to Lee and Hammond. You're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Hi, guys. You know, I yeah, I remember that line from that old Clint Eastwood movie, A Man Should Know His Limitations. <laughs> and one thing about Merrick Garland and Biden, they know their limitations. Uh, Garland will go after moms at school board meetings, but when it comes to the Chinese and the Mexican cartels, you better believe they're going to leave them people alone. So you got to give them credit. They do know their limitations. All right, Lee. Well, here, speaking of Merrick Garland, who went to Niles West, by the way, yesterday, I said he went to New Trier. I was wrong. Egregious here, error. Yeah, this, is, this is his reaction to you know the news that four Americans kidnapped, two killed. The cartels are responsible for the deaths of Americans. Now we are fighting as hard as possible. The DEA and the FBI are doing everything possible to dismantle and disrupt blah, blah, and blah, ultimately blah, blah, prosecute blah, blah, blah. The, the leaders of the cartels and the entire networks uh, that they depend on. Oh, yeah. 
They're shaking in their boots as well. Merrick Garland's on this. I'm so scared. We got a text message. Mom and all the seniors down in South Texas, they go to Progreso, Mexico for antibiotics, dental work. And my mom, and in my mom's case, her eyebrows tattooed on. She said the gunman would stand we'll, we'll in the doorway stand. to protect the tourists, but you have to uh, stay on the main road. Okay. So when they got lost. Yeah, when they got lost, confusion. then they lost their lives. And yeah. since they were black, yeah. they thought they were Haitian, and then they were Haitian murdered. drug smugglers. Yep. It's like a hot, steaming cup of information to start your day. It's Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer. Only the biggest stories, only the biggest guests, and only the biggest opinions. This is AM560, The Answer. Good Friday morning. Welcome back to Chicago's Morning Answer. Amy Jacobson here. John Anthony well, from Black you. and Right Radio is in for Dan Prof. Thanks for coming in. I'm a, I always enjoy myself when I go. I know. I do. Like we chat over old friends. Yeah. <laughs> How long have we known each other? We've, Two, I've known you. I knew you when you were a reporter, too. So, oh, well, we've, then we've, never we've really, been close. <laughs> yeah, but we've never really talked, you know. Yes. Um, Still a reporter, just not on TV. 13, I believe. Yes. Oh, that's right. So it's been a long time. So you can listen to him uh, Saturdays from 4 to 7 p.m. right here on AM 560 Black and Right Radio. All right. So while you were sleeping, (laughs) Brandon Johnson released a new ad bashing Paul Vallis for something that he said back in 2009, which is eons ago. Paul Vallis, on the other hand, fundamentally opposes a woman's right to choose. That's nonsense. I've never said that. But the bottom line is fundamentally I oppose abortion. The Supreme Court today delivered one of its most consequential decisions in generations. The justice is saying we hold that Roe must be overruled. That says Roe versus Wade is history. But the bottom line is fundamentally I oppose abortion. But the bottom line is fundamentally I oppose abortion. But the bottom line is fundamentally I oppose abortion. Fundamentally I oppose abortion. <laughs> With more on this, let's welcome back to the program Alderman Roderick Sawyer from the Sixth Ward. Good morning, Mr. Sawyer. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. So this new I gotcha campaign ad from Brandon Johnson. I mean, the abortion issue was was beaten over our heads during the gubernatorial uh, election. It's, does it have any legs here for the mayor's race? No, not at all. Um, let me tell you this. And this is always something interesting. I remember um, a great man told me one day uh, it was President John Schroeder. And he said that, Rod, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, as a Catholic, I, I personally don't approve of abortion, but I approve of a woman's right to make that decision. It's a serious decision to make, and I respect that woman's right to make that decision. But me personally, uh, that's what he was saying, and he, and he was making the stark contrast, but it made sense. Right. You know, everybody has their right to have an opinion, but at the same time, he says, Rod, that doesn't eliminate my, my desire and understanding that a, it's a woman's right to choose, and I respect that woman's right to choose, and I support that woman's right to choose but me per- him personally at that time and him personally period says that he personally opposed it so that's a personal decision that's a personal issue i, I mean i don't know what we're talking about is that going to fix crime in chicago today is that going to fix our economic problems is that going to fix our school problems that's what we should be worrying about we should be worrying about a plan to fix the city and move the city forward instead of something that happened in 2009 about his personal opinion about something that he has a right to exhibit 
And the mayor can't really take away abortion rights anyway. It's never going, it's never ever going away in the state of Illinois. It's like when Lexi Janulius did a commercial in in, in an OBGYN room when he was running for secretary of state. Like, that that has nothing to do with abortion. It has nothing to do with the secretary of state's office. But anyway, I digress. Okay, so you were one of the first people to come forward and give Paul Vallis your endorsement. Why did you do it? Well, uh, I spent six weeks with with all the candidates and, uh, you know, all the hours of the day, every day. And, you, you know, when you do that, you tend to get to know people and you get to understand them a lot better um, than you might have uh, before that. I've known both Brandon Johnson and Paul Vallis for a very long time. Uh, but during the course of the forums, I realized that Paul's answers to serious questions were a lot similar to my answers. And at the other end of the spectrum, Brandon's answers were diametrically, almost diametrically opposed to my answers. So it, it just seem natural that uh, as we're talking and as we're talking about the city's future, you're listening over and over again. I kind of vibe toward Paul Vallis uh, during the course of the forums and we would talk a lot. And, um, you know, it just seemed like a natural fit after the election. Uh, I wasn't successful and looking for a candidate. Now I'm looking as a citizen, as a candidate that has views similar to my own. And it was Paul Vallis. Yeah. I'm sorry. We go way back. I don't know if you remember me, but, um, I, I grew up in the 21st Ward, and um, so we used to have a lot of fights with you guys, especially your dad. Tell them who your dad was. Yeah, especially when your dad was uh, running for mayor, and we were with Timothy Evans mm-hmm. in the 21st Ward. <laughs> so, like, my, my father was Sylvester Wells. They called him Bone. Bone? Neck Bone, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah absolutely. Your, your dad is Neck Bone? They call him Bone. Neck, bone? Yeah, okay. Yeah. He's real skinny. Yeah, Bone. <laughs> but my question is, I mean, you look at, you look at what's – Chicago has a clear choice, in my opinion. Do you go with the woke crowd with Brandon Johnson, or do you go with you pick somebody who can actually lead and bring Chicago back from, in my opinion, from the depths of despair? I believe. Um, but well, but when I you mean, look when you look when you look at that 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 distinction between the two candidates, what is what does Paul have to do to carry this win across the finish line? I think Paul needs to continue to pound on his message. And quite honestly, uh, what I would suggest is Paul exhibit a little vulnerability. Uh, when we talk about things, and you know, they try to hit Paul on his record. You know, Paul has it. One, Paul has a record. Yeah. Paul has a record of accomplishments. He has a record of challenges. That's life. That's what we all should have. You know, going through a full and 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 wonderful life. We're going to have some. We're going to have some ups. We're going to have some downs. But the thing is that you keep staying in there trying. Paul did not go to Haiti for the weather. Right. Paul yeah. went down there to help people that were in serious trouble. He didn't go to New Orleans for cuisine. He went there because, you know, the system was in danger. It was a, it was a real problem. He went during a hurricane ravage New Orleans time. That was it was very devastating. So this man would go in there fighting all over the country to help children and to help others. And like I said, sometimes it went great. Sometimes it didn't go so great. But that's how life goes. You know, but uh, I applaud this man for constantly trying to help people, particularly children all over the country. And, again, when he went places, he did things. And I support that. I don't see everybody else running down there to, uh, you know, at the risk of getting diphtheria or something else uh, in order to, uh, you know, help people. So I I applaud his efforts. And I think that shows that he's a real person that has, you know, life experiences. Yeah. And and you could have easily chose Brandon Johnson to vote for just simply on the – basis of color but you didn't you're looking for a leader 
What's the ground game looking in the coalition building looking for mm-hmm. Paul Vallis? Because Brandon has all the unions pretty much sold up except the FOP. Well, you What's know, the ground Paul, game? I mean, Brandon has the service unions tied up. I think Paul is going to have some more success with the uh, trades. Okay. So I, I think that's going to go, you know, you know, they're going to go in, in good direction. And the more important thing is that he's on these streets talking every day, talking to everyday citizens. Uh, no matter what, Paul goes everywhere. Paul is all around, and you know he needs to continue that. Continue answering the questions honestly. You know, how, no, continue answering the questions first. Yeah. Right. You know, not not take, to give a hope and dream speech every time someone asks you a tough question about city finances or government operations. Exactly. Answer the question. Right. Well, how did you think who who won the debate? If you had to choose a winner and a loser, uh, I, I think Paul. You know, more than held his own. I, I think. Oftentimes, when you don't have a solution, you know, you, you blame somebody or, you you know, you start to blame game. So I, I think Paul came with honest answers at, on every question. He's, you know, exhibiting a, a true vision for for Chicago and Chicagoans. Uh, you know, on the opposite, I just saw a lot of complaining or allegations about him, you know, either about his political uh, affiliation or about whatever things, but nothing about you know, doing real work, and 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 Paul has done real work. So I, I really think that he continues that on, you know, showing his nice wonkish style. That you know, his one two threes. That are, you know, these things people can understand and get get behind. And and he's the person that has provided real answers during the course of these forums. And I think he needs to just need to continue that for the next three and a half weeks. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I heard from someone that the Black Caucus, the automatic Black Caucus, met with both candidates and that Brandon Johnson was ill-prepared and someone described it to me as a disaster. Um, is that true? And were you at that meeting? I was at the meeting and I stayed silent and just sat there and watched. Uh, but, you know, when you're in a room, and even Paul can understand this, this time you're in a room with people that really understand, you know, municipal operations. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not a room that you try to sell somebody in. You know, it's a room that you really have to come with real answers instead of the canned speech that you give at, at forums or, you know, out, out in the public. You know, this is a different crowd. You know, you have to really come strong with, you know, a crowd that deals with this every day, all day. And plus, you know, these people, you know, they, they give pitch speeches, like, you know, prepared speeches. They don't want to hear that. Yeah. They want to hear deep down details on, on your plan that you say to you have and when you have the plan, you want to have to answer the follow-up questions to the plan. You know, when you hire 200 detectives, you know, that means you're taking away 200 officers. Where do they come from? How do we replace them? You know, when you talk about bring Chicago home, you know, setting up a, a slush fund, basically, but yet not talking about investment in south and west side and other disadvantaged communities, you know, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So people have to really dive down and do and study and understand the candidate's position instead of looking at a slick, you know, 15-second ad and saying, oh, he's a nice, seems to be a nice guy, we'll just vote for him. Right. You know, so, you know, do the do the deep dive and do the understanding where people can really see, you know, what these candidates stand for, and I think you'll see the difference. Yeah. Alderman Sawyer, I believe in giving people their flowers while they're alive. I just want to say personally thank you. This is off topic, but when I was when I was the only black Republican serving in the Illinois, Illinois General Assembly, the Sixth Ward was always right. kind to me, and I know you led that effort, and Mar- Marlo Coven was was one that that helped with that. So I, I want to thank you Amalo's for everything you, yeah, did, you did for me, too. Uh, no problem at all. And Happy you are a gentleman. It. You, yeah. Jamal Green, Paul Vallis, and Dr. Wilson were very kind to me during, yeah. <laughs> during this because I would no go problem. to the certain events and people, 
were trying. What somebody, one of you guys were trying. Oh, Chewy, these people are trying to get me kicked out of the hideout, and I just went. Oh, uh, really? It's a pu- it's a public event. Yeah. <laughs> Keep trying, but you were very <laughs> kind to me, so thank you so much, and hopefully we'll have no, you back on. You. Hey, no, no speaking problem. of Chewy, is he going to back anybody? Do we know, or is he going to sit this one out? I'm really not sure right at this point. I'm not sure. I okay. really can't say. We got to get you to come on my show one day on Saturday, for Black and Right. Oh. Call me and be happy to do it. We'll do so. Okay. All right, Alderman. And, All oh, right. wait. By the way, because now that you're you're not sure. done being an alderman, because you can't run for mayor and be an alderman, what are you doing well, next with your life? Well, you know, I I, I am a lawyer. I've been a lawyer for thirty three oh. years. I'm sure I'll find something to do. Sounds like deputy uh, you mayor. Know, but right now, I have two months. I have two months left on the job. I'm gonna go ahead and do my job. You know, full all out. And then at that point, I'll I'll make a decision about my future, what I do. But I, I love Chicago. Always want to help, so I figure my space will be somewhere around there. Sounds so like I'm deputy probably mayor. Sure, I'll be around somewhere. <laughs> okay. Paul Vallis will make him deputy mayor. All right, that's, that's what Johnny Anthony <laughs> says. All right, Alderman Roderick Sawyer, thank you so much for joining us. He's Alderman of the Sixth Ward, and he joined us on our Turnkey Dot Pro Answer Line. This is Chicago's Morning Answer. Your show keeps me alive during the week. There's nobody I'd rather listen to between five and nine in the morning than you guys. On AM five sixty, the answer. Remember the slogan, no shoes, no shirt, no service? Yeah. Remember that? In uh-huh. the summertime, you'd always run around as a kid without your gym shoes. I love being barefoot. Woo! That was my favorite thing. Oh, I could do anything barefoot. So I couldn't go to any stores because you didn't have shoes on. Yeah. Well, now they're trying to change things in New York. They want to say, if you have a mask on, no service. You have to take your mask off before huh? you go into a store. Yeah, here's Mayor Eric Adams. We need to use the technology we have available to identify those shoplifters and those who are committing serious crimes. Um, when you see these mask-wearing people, oftentimes it's not about being fearful of the pandemic. It's fearful of the police catching them for their deeds, and we're really putting a call out. 312-642-5600, turnkey dot pro answer line 64636. Type in DA, then a quick comment. Drop the mask or you can't come in. Oh, what do you think? I mean, look at what we created. For many years. Because every time in Chicago, yeah, when we were, there was riot after riot after riot, three in a row, smashing grabs yeah. at random. Yeah. Every single time, Superintendent Brown, when I'd say, if you were able to identify, and they said no, because they're wearing masks. Masks. Mm. So, all right. So this is what happened in Queens over the weekend, this group of thugs. Yeah. And they were of every color, every, you know. The rainbow. They weren't. Yeah. It was a group of thugs. Took an elevator up to a Chinese restaurant. This is Queens. There's a mall in Queens. And just went in and just wreaked havoc on the place. They were there for less than two minutes. They flipped over tables, smashed windows, plates. They took down a a whole cabinet of plates just for, you know, fun, fun and games. Didn't hurt anybody. Or they didn't pay $20,000 worth of damage they created. No, they didn't eat there. (laughs) No, I'm talking about the Chinese people. Probably didn't pay up. They took an elevator. Three floors up to do what they did and then took an elevator three floors down and left with no money, no nothing, just to wreak havoc. Yeah, just for uh. fun. But guess what? No one's in custody. Guess why? Huh. Everybody had the medical masks on so they can't do facial recognition. Right. And then yesterday in Chicago, three o'clock in the afternoon, three, broad daylight. Guy goes into Fifth Third Bank on one South Wacker. Yeah. 
takes money. And you can see him because when he was leaving, some of the bills were hitting the floor. And he was grabbing all the money and shoveling it in. And he got into a, a shots. Shots were fired between him and the security guard. The security guard's going to be fine, thank yeah. goodness. Treated at the scene. Good. And then so they put out a picture of the suspect. And guess what? He's nice. wearing an N95 mask. Oh. They got Isn't his this eyes, so convenient for criminals? Yeah, they got his These eyes. policies they put in place. 312-642-5600, turnkey Depro answer line. Oh, boy. I got one question. You know, oh, should I take this caller? Where are the cookies? Oh, just stop. Okay. <laughs> Sean. Uh-oh. You're on Chicago's Morning Answer. In the morning. Hi, honey. For, first of all, you fracking lunatic. You used to dress like you worked on a hazmat crew. <laughs> now, all of a sudden, you're against the mask. <laughs> You are, are you out of your mind? You still have your yellow suit that I you do. pranced around in for seven months? In my Tyvek suit, I still have it. Oh my I goodness. swear to God, I, I'm not kidding. Signs, signs that Justin should have the constant flush soundbite on every time you talk about Chicago are when we wax poetic about John Stroger, the corrupt piece of dung at the at the root of how many scandals not to mention the hospital that was such a joke for the waste of billions of dollars that la used to talk about it well we might be corrupt but look at stroger hospital and all of a sudden he's great that's how far you've fallen kid it's time to stand for something or bow for everything. I mean, before you know it, you'll be advocating for a pro-abortion daily machine gangster who pretends to be an expert. This is how you fall when you lower your own standards. And when you put your name next to somebody, it better be not because you're doing the lesser of two evils. Because before you know it, you'll be trying to pick the cleanest piece of dung, which is what's called a mayor's election in Chicago. I think governor's election, too. In Back to the topic of masks. Did you ever wear one, Sean? Never. Never. And when I Never. had to get on a plane, you know what I did? What would you do? I took a custom golf shirt. that you Remember that material that you could breathe through and oh, you yeah, could get yeah, a yeah. tan through? Yeah. And I brought it to a seamstress, and I had to make a mask. And I got on the airplane every time. That's the only mask I ever wore. If yeah. God wanted me to wear a mask, he'd have made me Lori Lightfoot, that ugly, all vile right, thing. All right, Sean, I love you. And this one you say, I love <laughs> you too, Amy. Sean going off early in the morning. Yeah, thank you, Sean. Um, The stories you need to know to start your day. This is Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer. This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Good morning, Amy Jacobson here. John Anthony and for Dan Proft. Hey, hey, hey. John Anthony, host of Black and White Radio, which you can hear from 4 to 7 p.m. on Saturdays. Ace that. Ace it. You ace that. Only Amy. took me Thank two you. years. Well, your show times keep Three changing. Well, who's counting? Yeah, but your show times keep changing. It's the second time it's changed. Okay. Well, I guess you're right. We first started, was, I had a one hour show, now it's three hours. All right. See? Uh, Soon you'll be doing four hours a day, just like us. Um, Before we get to our our guests that are in studio here, I wanted to quickly check in with Steve in St. Charles because we were talking about now the mayor of New York City is asking people, take off your masks before you get into the bodegas, before you go to any stores, because the people that are stealing could get away with it because we can't see their face. Good morning, Steve. You're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Good morning, Amy. How you doing? It's a snowy day. Hopefully well. Um, yeah, my friend owns a jewelry store in Oakland, Martin and Martin, and he's had a no mask, no hoodie 
sign on his door for over a year, and um, you have to get buzzed in. And if you, you know, you want to wear a mask, stay home. That's my posture. Just stay home. Wow. So he doesn't let them in the the jewelry store at all. No, I don't blame him. Sadly, sadly, it's a family business for about forty five years, and. You know, during the Christmas season, he has to hire Oakland police to sit in his store all day, wow. and it's it's kind of it's kind of sad. It really is that you have to, uh, you know, have you know, fully armed, fully vested police officers sitting in your business when you know, local local business customers come in and everybody's cheery, and the police have to sit in their uniform. Yeah, but, and also it cuts into your profit margin yeah. when you have to hire them. Thanks, well, Steve, for the. Oh, what? what Thank you. Have a right. great day. Thanks. I mean, think about. That's anywhere between thirty and fifty dollars an hour. You got to pay that cop to sit in there. That's you know, when you can be armed yourself. Right. How about that? Huh. Have a fully armed staff. Come on. All right. So April fourth, we have the runoff election, but there's also school board elections that are going to be taking place. And Governor Pritzker wasting no time throwing a half million dollars, you know, at right wingers who want to win and be part of school boards. He even took uh, to network CBS Network, Face the Nation, to slam. Parents who want to have a voice in their children's education. Your office told told us you're very focused on school board races in Illinois to make sure extreme right-wing candidates aren't dominating them. Um, I'm wondering how strong the Republican ground operation is on things like school boards. Is, is parents' rights really something you think Democrats need to be concerned about on a national scale? Well, what Republicans are trying to do is, of course, ban books in libraries. They're trying to keep our schools from teaching black history. Uh, they make up things about CRT uh, in schools that just don't exist. And so they've got a lot of extreme right wing candidates, frankly, on the crazy end of things that are running. And we just want to make sure that people know who they are and know not to vote for them. Oh. A partisan, ele- a nonpartisan election. Okay. Yeah. Well, he makes these declarative statements without any proof to back up. If any, these right wingers who's trying to ban books, what books are being banned? Who's trying to stop black history from being taught in schools? Nobody. Right. But that's his new issue because he's afraid to start at the ground level, as Dan always says, and make sure yep. that you have control even at a local school board level yep. to make sure. I mean, he already bought off those two Supreme Court justices, yep. gave them a million dollars to secure him the passage of his safety act but now this so we're having two of the right-wing crazies (laughs) in our studio this morning we want to introduce you to Teresa hayes she's running for district 92 in will county and michael clausen the lockport crest hill homer glenn district 205 thanks so much for joining us thank you for so ladies first we'll start with you what what is your reaction when you hear the governor uh just making sure that people like you who are running for school board are kept quiet. You know, the first thing that I thought of when I saw it is the thing that uh, a small group of us have been talking about for a long time. What is so crazy about wanting safe schools? What is so crazy about academic standards being met or kept or brought up higher? What is so right wing about that? Don't we all want our kids to succeed? Don't we want them to be taught actual history or actual math or, you know, it just is, it's shocking to me. I just, I I keep saying to everyone, what part of this is so crazy that you have to start calling us white ring crazies and this and that? Now you have four children. Your oldest is a senior in high school. Why get involved now? 
You know, in my bio, I said, because um, we have a website, there's a group of us that got together way early on. Um, and I had said, all four of my kids went through that district, D92, Will County Schools. And I thought we had a pretty good run. You know, every parent, every kid has some stuff that happens to you. But um, I thought we did pretty well. And I'm just concerned that we're not focusing on education anymore. We, it's all about technology or it's all about what's, what's new and exciting when we're getting so far away from core academics and actual teaching, you know, really hands-on learning that it, it just, it scares me. And what about you, Michael Clausen? You are running for school board in District 205. This your first time running for office? This is my second time running for office. Oh. I, I ran uh, back in the early 2000s in Lamont uh, before we moved to Homer Glen. But um, I, I just I, I'm I'm baffled by that statement by the by the governor. Who who could be against safety for children and lowering taxes? Who's against that? That that or how is that a right wing idea? It, it's just so bizarre. Uh, the, uh, you know, book banning. Who wants to ban books? They're all lies. They're just throwing lies. Well, there's certain books that are in libraries. I, I know in my, somebody, that, a family member's school district that they work in, it's a book called George, and it's about anal sex, and, you know, anybody in middle school could check it out. And so, personally, I would want that book maybe removed from the shelf. I mean, I'm just trying to think what Pritzker is talking about, but that's fine. There's certain books that I don't think are age appropriate. Age appropriate for our children. Yeah, yeah. correct, correct. We're we're uh, I, I want to get in to see these where the age appropriateness is on these these books. I mean, you we have we have a certain rating system for our movies and TV shows, but nothing for our education system right. and our books. Right. So so what is so right wing about that? Yeah. yeah, and and I don't think it's so much. Banning the books, but putting putting them in a place where a ten year old can't check out uh, a book that's not age appropriate. Absolutely. I think that's the, the librarian because that's that, those are other important races. The librarian board, right? Things of that nature. The, and people, Pritzker's getting involved in yes, the librarian board yes, because of DeSantis and all of the the DeSantis bill that he signed and all that. But whatever. Now, Mike, I, I said I was shocked that you're running because you're not really a partisan type of guy. I've I've gotten to know you and the wife. Uh, you're a no-nonsense kind of guy. Um, Thank you. You just got involved, really got back involved, because you guys, you're business owners. You, you were trying to make a, a living, trying to provide for your families. But what was it that made that, what was that one turning point that happened that, that you said, Michael Clausen, I'm running for school board? So a few years back, back in 2018, we were at my son's school, uh, who had an IEP at the time. We are at a meeting for that IEP. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it was in the beginning of the day. We stood up to do the Pledge of Allegiance, and we go to sit back down after the Pledge of Allegiance. And they said, "No, no, no, wait. There's there's another pledge." And I said, well, "No, there's not. It's just one there's pledge." One of pledge. Allegiance. What other pledge are you talking about? So the pledge was to be good global citizens. Oh, to be good global citizens. There was a there was a pledge in the school to be good global citizens. I mean, yeah. like recycle or what are we talking? Climate. No. <laughs> incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. We were shocked. We were shocked. We, we, we almost couldn't focus on the meeting after that. We couldn't believe what we were hearing. So we demanded some meetings with the administration. And uh, eventually, after weeks, they actually rewrote it. Uh, we were. Do people have their hands over their heart when they're saying this? I've never heard about this yeah, one before. So, so what my son never told us about it. Uh-huh. So we learned about it firsthand being in the school. 
So that day we brought, we came home and asked him about it. And he said, well, I haven't been participating in it, but the other day my teacher saw me not participating in it and brought me to the front of the class to recite it in front of the class because he said that he couldn't see it. Well, that's not true. He just didn't want to draw attention to himself. So she made him go to the front of the class with tears in his eyes to recite this in front of the class. And I just wonder, who do these people think they are? Who do they think they are? Where is the academics in a, in a pledge like that? None of Nothing in that pledge said anything about academics. So it motivated my wife and I to get more involved. It, it, it threw us into this. We have no choice. The, the, the things that they're pushing on our children, it, it, it's insane. It's insane. It's not right. Um, and we need to take control of our schools. You know? And are you running with a slate here? We are. So uh, Marty Borisma, uh, Dr. Sandra Rogers, uh, and myself, Michael Clausen, running for uh, District 205 in uh, Lockport. And, and we, how many open seats are there? Are there any open seats? Three. So we're running for three spots. Okay. Yeah. And we're against eight people. And, Sheesh. you know, speaking of the math stuff, if you don't mind, I, yeah, I um, you know, one of our, uh, our opponents was saying he doesn't want to relitigate co- the COVID experience. <laughs> why, why do I have questions? Maybe not relitigate it, but I want, question, I want answers to questions that I have. Lockport High School segregated children's that wouldn't, wear masks yeah. they did oh yeah they did after the tro yeah yeah really so yeah, they so would put them in separate classrooms and they'd have to learn virtually or did they no, lock in them the auditorium in the auditorium they weren't even a part of the school at that point so they, they were shuffled so when their school day began they were walked into school and were automatically yes. directed to the auditorium yes yes they were where there was no education no learning taught. whatsoever no, they had their Chromebooks, and so therefore they could check in to their homework and whatnot. But I had heard a couple of stories from a couple of kids who said they never even got lunch. Yeah, and parents were sending lunch, and they were throwing it away. Oh, because of what COVID? I don't. Yeah, yeah. COVID <sighs> mandates. And we were part of a uh, school board meeting where the TRO was held up by a parent, temporary restraining order. Um, saying that this is illegal, it's unconstitutional, and the board moved forward with the mandates anyway. I had a friend who was, who was on the TRO as well, and her kids go to Blaine, and they just took them out of school, said, sorry, you know, you can't wear a mask, you're not in here at all, go home, yeah. and, and kicked them out of a government-run school, even though they had won the lawsuit. Yeah. And now her kids don't go to that school anymore because she... She took them to a private school where there's a little bit more parental control. Good for her. I, uh, I, that son that had the uh, IEP that I was I was uh, talking about, it, the, the IEP was 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 a difficult thing to process anyway. As they were explaining this to us, they were not explaining my child. I know my kid. Mm-hmm. My wife and I both agreed that this is not this isn't our kid that they're describing to us. Well, it turns out he has a mild version of uh, um, dyslexia, which is cannot be diagnosed and teachers are not allowed to talk about it even though they're trained in it they can recognize that they're not allowed to talk about it with anybody they talk about a lot of things but they can't talk about dyslexia right really so now why he, is that taboo? he's at a private high school right now a catholic high school which he initially couldn't get into uh because of the testing they suggested us go to a doctor uh, a, a brain doctor for a test we asked him if he was willing to put himself through this it was a two-month-long test and he said absolutely i want to do it He's a fighter. He's a great kid. And he went through the whole process, diagnosis as mild dyslexia. The report went to the private high school. They read it. They said, oh, this kid's perfect for us. 
All right. Yeah. So what's your ground game? A's and B's. The kid's getting good, A's good and B's now on no, his own. Yeah. I'm glad to hear incredible. that. What's your ground game for both of you in the weeks coming up? Like, What's the plan, folks? I would say that our plan is really just to talk with people. There's a lot of Facebook garbage that goes around. You know, our town is relatively small when you consider my address is Homer Glen, but my kids went to these Lockport district schools. And it's just the rhetoric that goes around that we're, like you said, banning books. We're, you know, we want to close the schools down. That was another thing, too. We wanted to defund and close the schools down. Me, one vote on a school board, they think that I'm that powerful. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's some other stuff I could do then. But basically, the the ground game is just to get to know people, talk to them. go door to door, knock on Yeah, we've been going door to door. We're actually doing a meet and greet next Wednesday at a a local restaurant in our town, just providing a little bit of food, telling people to come by, talk to us. I mean, if they talk to us, every time a new person talks to us, they go, oh, well, you're not crazy. Yeah. Oh, when does yeah. early voting start? It was the yeah. 23rd of February. Right? So what's your yeah. what's your mail-in ballots program? Are you out there? Uh, because I, personally, I think that's what all elections are going to come down to now, mail-in ballots. What's your game plan for that as Get, far as getting early out, voting? Getting out, meeting people, door knocking, uh, spreading the word. Door knocking is a big deal. We have uh, done some mailers yeah. too. Mailers, yeah, to, to get to get our get our uh, information out to people. Yeah. Uh, you can go to we the parents uh, we the parents illinois dot com okay. to find out anything about us or the nineteen other candidates running in our area, yeah. which is impressive, including all the way down to library board. Yeah. Uh, two two different library boards. We have uh, candidates running for that as well. Piece of oh advice: you already know who has a mail in ballot now. Yes. Knock those doors. Hey, I'm. On the ballot, we'd love for you to vote for me. <laughs> Make them vote for you right there if you if you can. That's a great idea. You know, because you already know the list. There's a list of everybody who early votes, everybody who mail in ballot, who, who receives the mail in ballot. Now you know who the voters are. Go to them. And, and we need people to go out and vote at a minimum. At, at a minimum, please get out and vote. Yeah. Okay. And the Terrence. slate where we can more, get more information is we the parents dot com. We the parents Illinois.com. And Moms of America support you guys too, correct? Yes, they yeah. endorse us. Yeah, we're yeah, we're endorsed by them. Yes. Great. Well good luck to you both. Um, Thank you. Keep us posted. And to any early polling out on school board elections or just do the <laughs> pollsters just ignore that one? Well, I think they are polling these school board races in some areas. I haven't seen any. I would love yeah. I would love to see some. Yeah, yeah it'd be interesting. It's, yeah. It's right. one of the most important positions you could have. It's a 75% of your tax bill. That's right. Whether you have kids or not, it's 75% of your tax All right, so get out and vote. Vote for Michael Clausen, District 205, Teresa Hayes, District 92. Well, I mean, voters would love a rebate because, you know, <laughs> <laughs> reduce that tax levy. Voters would that love you a, included? A, I mean, I'm not in their school. Oh, okay. All right, and uh, we the parents, Illinois.com, and good luck to you both, and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks again. You're listening to Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. This is Chicago's Morning Answer. James Rosen, nationally syndicated investigative reporter, but also one-man show. There's a certain fondness for my De Niro. You give me all these answers, but you don't give me the right answers. I swear to God, I'm going to kill somebody. That's <laughs> pretty very good. I, I no, completely right. On AM560. You're very smart, Joey. You give me all these answers, but you ain't give me the right answer. Because you're the pulp. Keep up.
All right, Amy Jacobson here, John Anthony in for hey. Dan Proft. We have a new audio board today. Still here there. We have no control of our microphones, so I'm trying to be a good girl. <laughs> Not saying anything bad. Can't cough, can't do anything, can't communicate. But they're doing the best they can. Josh is here, our new engineer. Yeah. And uh, we're grateful that he's here to help out with the kinks. And uh, we're going to just keep on moving on, right? Yeah. That's I, I and then wanna, you get to do this tomorrow. I just want to answer Bruce From 4 Wolf. to 7 on Black and right Radio. I just want to answer Bruce Wolf's question on Twitter. Um, this guy here, I got my hat on, MAGA Republican. Yeah. So I'm with Trump all the way, Bruce. Yeah, Bruce you are. To the show. Oh, Bruce Wolf is? Yeah, Bruce well, hi, Wolf. Bruce. <laughs> Shalom Shabbat. I love Bruce. I love him, too. Um, yeah, so you're all in. I could have sworn there was a time when you were not all nope. in. Not this guy. You were not, always not still. Always Trump. Okay. I'm still Trump. I'm tr- I, I will go down with the ship. All right. I will. Speaking of tweets, uh, our next guest, you told me yesterday he retweeted one of your tweets once or replied oh, many, to one many of your tweets. Ago. Yes. All right. What happened? Basically, I, I believe it was something that happened and they tried to make a racial thing out of it. And then I I defended James Rosen and then he tweeted tweeted out my defense. Oh, that's great. So it was well, pretty cool. With that said, let's welcome back to the program James Rosen, Chief White House Correspondent for Newsmax and author of the just-released book, Scalia, Rise to Greatness, 1936 to 1986. Good morning, Mr. Rosen. How are you? I'm blessed to be back with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks uh, for being with us. And we just wanted to start, uh, before we get to your book, with what is going on in Mexico and what our response should be. As you know, four Americans, she went to get a tummy tuck, and they were abducted, case of mistaken identity. Uh, Lindsey Graham wants to you know, pass legislation that would allow the president to send troops to Mexico? What do you think should be done? I would venture to say uh, that although reporters are are generally well advised to stay away from the prognostication business, we're better at telling you what has just recently happened. Um, I doubt that we will see U.S. troops dispatched to Mexico. Uh, this is, um, of course, a, a very important bilateral relationship that we have with Mexico, one of our largest trading partners, in addition to all the problems that we all uh, readily understand about what happens at the southwest border. Uh, to some extent, this falls into the portfolio of Vice President Harris, who was uh, tasked with uh, improving conditions or coordinating U.S. policy to improve conditions in the countries where legal immigration is strongest. Uh, into the United States, uh, and the and the presence of the cartels, uh, and and the and the prospect for violence, the or for lawlessness in parts of Mexico, um, is very much a driver of that illegal immigration. Uh, so I think that we have yet to see the full response from the Biden administration to this particular set of events, uh, but it's probably going to be folded, um, despite the the very distressing particularities of it, into the existing policy. And they, you know, the cartel sent an apology letter and they arrested their own allegedly five people. And I'm sure you've seen that picture and read the letter basically saying, please, society, remain calm. The guilty parties will pay regardless of who they are. Is that going to is that going to satisfy anybody? Uh, perhaps those with a special a kind of thirst for for vengeance. Uh, you know, this is this is not a, a Netflix series. These are real people and these are. Um, these are very dangerous people, and I think that uh, no one would be satisfied by uh, an assertion of uh, jurisdiction, so to speak, from a cartel that it will do the policing of itself. Okay. Now, um, real quick before we get to the book, 
AT&T has taken Newsmax off their options. I know a lot of people here in Chicago are upset about that. What is your network trying to do to get back on AT&T? I don't think I'm the appropriate person to say, uh, only because uh, as a reporter, I have not too many perks and privileges, but one of them is that I don't have to concern myself with the business side of the operation. It's enough for me, drinking from a fire hose, if you will, just to cover the Biden administration. Right. <laughs> uh, James, how you doing, sir? Such a pleasure. I'm blessed. I don't remember the, the particular controversy or sets of tweets you, you guys were talking about yeah, just it, now. But it, it was it, back when Obama, Obama was president. Say, it was back Muhammad when Obama used to say, if it's good, I'm that. <laughs> no problem. You know, I, you, you look at what's happening and what Tucker Carlson has been able to uncover uh, as it relates to January 6th. You look at what we were told, what we were fed for the last two years, not having Jim Jordan or, or, or representative banks on these committees, because I personally believe what happened with Tucker would have would have already happened had we had opposition on that committee. Um, what does it say about our, our government agencies and how they're weaponizing all these government agencies um, to come after people? You I mean, you you suffered at the hands of the Obama administration. I believe that's what it was about. The tweet was about, and I came in defense of you. Oh, I see. Um, okay, so it wasn't a racial controversy because yeah. I don't remember being at the heart of any racial yeah. controversy. No, it, it, wasn't. it was. That's what it was about. Uh, what do okay. we? What do you say about? I mean, how do we fix this? Um, or I mean, because nobody wants to do anything about it, where government is weaponizing itself against its own people, especially Americans. So there's a lot of lot of uh, terms and and events and 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 characters referenced in your question. Uh, such that I find it perhaps difficult to say it all at once. But uh, so the notion that um, that uh, certain institutions of government have been weaponized against individuals of a particular status or class or political affiliation, it may be considered separately, it seems to me, from our evaluations of the January 6th committee, its fairness, its purpose, its effectiveness, and so on. Um, these are toxic issues. They are uh, a reflection of the kind of what I call the serrated nature to our modern politics. Um, I also think that it's, it's been impossible to date, and just by reference to, sh- to actuarial tables and mortality rates, one day it won't be the case. But for now, it's been the case that our entire consideration of January 6th, what happened that day, what it means, um, has been entwined with the political fate of Donald Trump who remains uh, the Republican frontrunner right now. Yeah. Uh, and it would be interesting to me to see what our evaluations of January 6th would be. Were there not a tendency to Mr. Trump's political career? Um, if he were sort of, um, if for some reason he were not on the scene, would we think differently about that? Uh, because, of course, he was president at the time, uh, and many of the people, uh, many people want him to be president again. So, um, so there's an inevitable tinge of politics to our considerations of what is at this point a historical event, and which was a, a series of crimes that have been prosecuted. Um, I, I don't try. I try not to sort of um, um, take sides in these debates as a reporter, uh, but rather to just help explicate them as as historical events. As a chief White House correspondent for Newsmax, do you, what is your gut feeling? I know you don't want to talk about feeling, but facts. That Biden. I also is, don't want to talk about my gut. Okay, yes, that he's uh, President Biden is going to run again or seek re-election. It seems all but certain that he will. Uh, he has said many times it is his intention to do so. Uh, quietly, we see that the building blocks for such a campaign are being put into place. 
Uh, the president has not formally announced that he's going to seek re-election, uh, probably because uh, doing so would um, disadvantage him in terms of uh, certain fundraising restrictions and requirements and, and postings. Uh, it's kind of an elaborate kabuki dance that a lot of politicians play currently, and I think uh, we would probably be safe in saying we're seeing it play out on the other side in the form of uh, Florida Governor Ron Santis and the potential bid for the Republican nomination there. Uh, where again, he's in Iowa, he's released a book uh, and done a lot and put in place a lot of the building blocks, including just today the announcement of another PAC uh, that supports his candidacy, um, that that would be consistent with him running. Uh, so I guess the modern election laws and the FEC reporting requirements and all of that administrivia uh, sort of govern when and how politicians announce, but it seems clear uh, that both of those men are headed in the same direction as Donald Trump, who has, of course, already officially declared. Yeah. And you, you wrote the book, Scalia, Rise to Greatness. Go out and get it wherever books are sold. Um, I, as I think about the Supreme Court, I, it, it, it's really missing that lion of, 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 in my opinion, what Scalia was. Um, how, much, how much is this, new, this court missing? Because I really wish he would have rose to the point where he became Chief Justice and not Roberts. Uh, because I think his institutional knowledge, I think his his ability to make tough decisions, not worrying about what the, you know, the crowds are going to do out in the streets, because if they make a decision, uh, how much has he missed and what it what what was his impact to the U.S. Supreme Court? Well, thank you for asking. The book is called Scalia Rise to Greatness, 1936 to 1986. It's on sale now. It just dropped this week. Uh, it's five years in the making. It is the first accurate biography of Antonin Scalia because it is the first admiring biography of Antonin Scalia. The two existing books of biographies written about Justice Scalia, one of which he cooperated with extensively, the other not at all, both turned out fairly open in their contempt for uh, Justice Scalia's jurisprudence, his legacy, his conduct on the bench. Uh, so this is the first book published about Justice Scalia since his death. It makes use of a vast wealth of new documents and personal sources that were either overlooked by or unavailable to the previous biographers. And as I say, it's the first uh, admiring portrait of him uh, at book length. And among the, the many, many revelations uh, in this book, uh, first of all, I should say it only takes us to the first 50 years of Antonin Scalia's life. It ends with him taking his seat on the Supreme Court. Wow. But I found that the previous books had left out so much incredible material. Uh, and had given short shrift to so many important phases of his career. Um, we gave you just one example. Uh, uh, Antonin Scalia's first job in government was in the Nixon administration. He was hired at the age of 35 as general counsel to a new agency called the White House Office of Telecommunications Policy. Uh, this was created in 1970 to try and get the federal government's arms around its sprawling telecommunications policy. And Scalia's legal genius was harnessed to the task of opening up for free market competition the business of launching domestic space satellites, which had been a monopoly uh, until that point. And that was successfully achieved, and it opened up the telecom revolution that we have today. And in his writings from that period, which have never been published before, you, and the readers of Scalia Rise to Greatness will see this. Anthony Scalia in 1971 predicted the Internet. He predicted also the privacy concerns that would, ar that would arise along with the Internet. Um, and there's one really interesting set of documents where Scalia is presiding over uh, an experiment at the Pentagon where they're trying, they have two different communication systems, one of which was called Auto-DIN. This is like 1971. And they needed to make these two Pentagon communication systems interoperable with each other. And Scalia 
uh, writes the memo where they they declare victory that these two have interoperability has been achieved. Uh, they were throwing around terms like shared computer networks 25 years before most Americans would would uh, see those words escape their lips. So there's a lot in the book that's new. Uh, in terms of his impact, as we all know, he was a champion of originalism. The idea that yeah. the living con- there's no such thing as a living constitution. The constitution doesn't expand to take account of modern phenomena like m- nuclear weapons or the internet. That we should always abide by the original meaning of the constitution and the statutes that get passed by Congress. And that the best way to, to determine the original meaning is not through looking at what lawmakers said on the House floor in some committee report or other aspects of the legislative process. The best way to find the original meaning is to look at the text of the law. It's called originalism and textualism. Uh, the readers of Scalia Rise to Greatness will see how these, so, these tremendously important concepts uh, took root in Scalia, including through his Catholic faith uh, and influenced his jurisprudence, which touches every area of American life. And there, uh, there's also details of the four FBI background checks on Scalia. Can you explain that? The man underwent, as he rose through the levels of government, uh, through four FBI background checks in 14 years. And I say in the book, that at times the Bureau was going by, they were fanning agents out across the country to interview people who had known Scalia since the age of 13, back in 1949. And it was just, these were incredible dragnets where the vast machinery of the nation's preeminent law enforcement agency was cranked up to find evidence of some derogatory nature uh, somewhere in the world of some kind about Antonin Scalia. And of course, none ever turned up because none existed. And I say in the book that would that all lives paid such close scrutiny, rewarded such superlative testimonials, because everybody the FBI interviewed said he's of the utmost character. He has the utmost intellect. He is the smartest person I've ever met. There is nobody who would be more qualified to be, to be a federal judge. Uh, and so the FBI files are fascinating. Another two other sets of documents I'll mention really quickly that have never been seen before that are in Scalia rise to greatness. Uh, one is that in 1992, in his chambers at the Supreme Court, Justice Scalia conducted a secret oral history that was only declassified or only unsealed in, after his death in 2018. Wow. And he looks back his whole life, uh, the time when he was rejected by Princeton because he thought they, there was anti-Italian prejudice against him, uh, where he talks about all his parents, his Catholic faith, this uh, long, lengthy oral history has never been published before. And then another set of documents includes, um, we all know about his famous friendship with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the two of them actually met not on the Supreme Court, but on the Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit, which is one rung below the Supreme Court and often described as the second most powerful court in America. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg was a judge there starting in 1980, and Antonin Scalia joined in 1982. And going through uh, RBG's papers at the Library of Congress, I actually call these the RBG Nino papers, uh, the, the letters, the handwritten notes, memos, the draft opinions that flew back and forth between the chambers of Ginsburg and Scalia when they were first getting to know each other, really capture not only their genius and their wit and as they banter back and forth on the law, on the First Amendment and other issues, uh, but the, the blossoming of this celebrated friendship in real time. Uh, these, these exchanges between Ginsburg and, and Scalia, having read the, the papers of those judges, judges on that court at that time and Robert Pork and others, the Ginsburg-Scalia correspondence is unlike any other two judges on that court at that time, and I dare say, unlike the correspondence of any two judges on any court at any time. So the readers of Scalia Rise to Greatness will see the birth and the blossoming of this famous friendship. 
All right. He is James Rosen, and all Americans who are interested in history and the law should pick up his new book, Scalia, Rise to Greatness, 1936 to 1986. James Rosen, always a pleasure having you on, and good luck. Thank you, James. I hope to be back soon. Oh, we will have you back. All right. Take care. Chief White House correspondent for Newsmax as well, and he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. If you're talking about it, Dan and Amy are talking about it. It's Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer. This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Good Friday morning. Snowy morning at that. Amy Jacobson here, John Anthony, and for Dan Prof. Hey, thanks for having me. How you feeling, Hour this is, 3? I mean, it's blown past. This is Lying going past so fast. And if you didn't get enough of John Anthony today, you can always see him on Saturdays and hear him on Saturdays right here on AM560 from 4 to 7 p.m. Right. Black and right radio. Black and right. Right here. So you're gonna, what are you going to have? And you're acing this today. What? I mean, not one black and right, black the right, <laughs> black and white. I don't make mistakes. It. The well, new me, I don't know. Dan said you made an egregious error yesterday. Oh, yeah, uh, because I said somebody went yeah. to the wrong high school. And somebody texted me that I said library instead of library. Library. It's well, library. You got a lot I of that Chicago that. slang. Li- library. Yeah. That's always been a tough word for me. I've always tried to shake my Chicago accent. Why? It's hard. Oh, when I was a reporter know. in Tucson, people would call in and say, who's that yeah. girl with that horrible Chicago accent? Yeah. You should get her off the air at once. Yeah. So you, you know how get... you say ax? You ask some, some, somebody something? <laughs> That's me. Or to instead of two. Oh, God. I'm going to the store. Instead when, of, no, Amy, you have to say I'm going to the right. store. When I was a cop in Champaign, uh-huh. um, there was a street called Bradley. And I would say Bradley. See the T? Oh. Because you remember D's are... We we put T's where D's are in, in Chicago verbiage. Right, that's right. You know, hey, Bradley. I mean, it's, hey, I'm at Bradley. He called me out big time about that. Well, we'll get to some listener voicemails because some uh, later in the show because you're going to love those. All right. Uh, while you were sleeping, Brandon Johnson released a new ad attacking Paul Vallis because of something that was said during the debate about abortion. Paul Vallis, on the other hand, fundamentally opposes a woman's right to choose. That's nonsense. I've never said that. But the bottom line is fundamentally I oppose abortion. The Supreme Court today delivered one of its most consequential decisions in generations. The justice is saying we hold that Roe must be overruled. That says Roe versus Wade is history. But the bottom line is fundamentally I oppose abortion. But the bottom line is fundamentally I oppose abortion. But the bottom line is fundamentally I oppose abortion. So that's the new ad slamming Paul Vallis on a comment he made, remarks he made back in 2009, which seems like eons ago. Yeah, but, but Amy, a lot of people fail. Go. I'm. I'm getting ready to post the video on my black and right page, and I'm gonna put it in the comments page of the, the live feed we have today, because at the, the, there's a YouTube video. He was on Berkowitz show when he said that. Yeah. But prior to that, he said something else. You know, and shout out to Ted Dabrowski for sending that. To, he says personally, I'm pro-choice. So personally, personally, I'm pro-choice. I'm pro-choice. But he did the Rod, the Rod um, Sawyer thing. You know, personally, I'm pro-choice. But I get, I respect the woman's right to choose. And that's basically what Paul Vallis did here. But, you know, with ads, ads work. They took it out Words of context. Work. So uh, crunch time almost with this election, April 4th. And one person who is 
endorsing Paul Vallis is our good friend, Dr. Willie Wilson, who joins us again on our turnkey.pro answer line. Good morning, Mr. Wilson. How are you? Hey, good morning, Amy and John. How you guys doing? We're doing well. So what was the main reason, the driving factor behind your endorsement for Paul Vallis over Brandon Johnson? Well, basically, uh, we kind of in sync together with Paul and myself as related to, uh, look, uh, um, we're not going to defund the police officers and then the, the taxes where people got problems now just trying to pay pay rent. And so, you know, the crime is a situation where is that if you defund the, you know, police officers, people move out of the city, uh, people don't shop in the city. And that, to me, just don't make sense. What about this new abortion issue? You know, Paul Vallis making a comment in 2009. Obviously, people change their mind and their opinions on public policy. But do you think that's going to affect, uh, you know, his race coming up April 4th? No, I don't really think that's going to uh, affect, at least but from my perspective, as related to the um, the, the African-American community that particular community, which is uh, right now, I, I think that we're more concerned about, like the rest of Chicago, uh, uh, crime is the, is the dominating factor right now. Uh, I think that is what's going to, to dominate, and that's with all citizens. I, I just don't believe that's going to uh, to to, to be, a, be a factor in it at all. Yeah. Dr. Wilson, there was an article, out there, I believe it was in the Sun-Times, maybe the Tribune, uh, by Chinta Strasberg. And in it, it talks about why you one of the other reasons why you chose to support Paul Vallis was because the black politicians discriminated against you. Uh, what does that mean? And um, why was that important to, to make that distinction? Well, I don't want race to come in to be a problem with it, uh, this election. I think it's about people uh, bringing people together, things of that nature. And as I uh, look uh, during my run for politics, I have ran for politics pretty much. Um, the black politicians have supported the white candidate. And I, I, I'm from the community. I help the community, help all community, but they'll overlook that. And I want to point out the fact is that, look, Jesse, if you're going to say someone discriminate against somebody else, well, a lot of discriminate against me, and I'm the same color. And that shouldn't be a factory right now. It's about crime and, and taxes. So uh, I just want to call that out and make sure that, look, find another situation to be on. But look, if if the situation exists today in the African-American community, as bad as it is, a lot of the black politicians hold key office in the whole state of Illinois, as well as Chicago. Why is the black community doing so bad? Yeah. And, and when you look at what at Johnson's plan, I mean, he wants to raise taxes on everybody. As a business person, I mean, you you know how detrimental raising taxes can be. Oh yeah, he wants a head tax yeah. and then increase the hotel motel tax in Chicago. Yeah. But 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 when you look at what he's doing, I mean, that's going to single handedly affect the black community, and no one's talking about that, Doctor Wilson. Uh, is, is that something that you're going to try to help Paul Vallis? Uh, a message that you're going to try to help him carry across the finish line? Well, yeah. Uh, look, I've been out there uh, saying it all along. That's why I put the uh, article on my on my Facebook. If you look on my Facebook now, it's there. Uh, I've been out talking to the, my um, church family. 
um, you know, we've been out there. I, I, I did think that um, let's put things in perspective. We know race exists everywhere, yeah. but we got to get past that and try to bring people together. We must not sing out something that we're doing our own self. So, I mean, it, 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 it don't make sense. Now, if anybody understands race's problem, I'm from Jim Crow days. I was back in the civil rights era all the way to now, so I understand it very clearly, you know. But you cannot, should not at least, talk about that particular subject when you're doing it yourself against me. I, they, look, they discriminate against me uh, for someone else that, 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 is, that is white because some people say, okay, I can't talk properly. I get discriminated against. Yeah. We're not voting for you. You, you know, we, we are not doing this and that. That's discrimination. Uncle Tom. Probably. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think it got to be out there. We wanted to do it. My fact is this here. I'm going to tell the truth, you know? Yeah. Well, the teachers union has responded to you and Ken Griffin's endorsement of Paul Vallis saying, Willie Wilson, another conservative who wants to hunt criminals down like rabbits and alleges 350,000 Chicago public school students don't know how to tie their shoes, is throwing his weight behind Paul Vallis. While it is no surprise that these two lack the respect and empathy to run our city, it is still deeply offensive to the families who depend on Chicago public schools. Now, I've got a son who goes to Chicago public schools. I was not offended at all by your comment, especially about tying shoes. Well, that's just a fact of life. I have, um, and I know a lot of people that, look, can't tie the shoes, but more important than that as well, uh, they don't know their ABCs. Why are they passing these uh, kids when they don't know their ABCs? Um, the Chicago Teachers Union, uh, they don't have equal opportunity and equality for all citizens. The Chicago Teachers Union, those particular guys that get in it, um, Brandon Johnson would be holding to them and Tony Prepwinkle. Yep. You know? So 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 that don't make 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 sense. Are we going to let the Chicago Teachers Union to take over our school when the kids can't read and write now? Are we gonna let them continue to damage it? And then don't forget about the situation where is that them young men, young ladies in school, a lot of them in there getting raped and stuff like that in the past. Mm-hmm. Nobody's talking about that. You know, yeah, the OIG's what, what, report yeah. where there's 470 cases of grooming, sexual assault. And in one of the cases, yeah. a teacher ended up in a kid's bedroom. Now, how the heck does that happen? And the person not get fired right away. And they never told us the names of the teachers. We yeah. never knew what schools they worked for. So as a parent, we were left out in the dark. And I, I agree with you. If Brandon Johnson, oh my God, if he's mayor, the CTU will be running City Hall. Yeah, and they, and and so so these are very serious questions, you know, and then and, and so 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 these guys going to, to speak about situation that they're causing themselves. Uh, you don't point your finger over here and try to put a race card involved in this here, you know. These are situations that are going to affect the kid's life and livelihood. They never will get ahead in life this way. They always would be in poverty and crime would continue to exist and kids would keep going to jail, in and out of jail. You know, we have to be serious about it and take take a stand on it and deal with it. They're running the school. Why are the particular uh, union uh, when it comes down to that? Yeah. 
All right. Now, uh, before we let you go, you have another gas giveaway, which I don't know. I heard that you had the gas giveaways because you wanted to buy votes for (laughs) mayor. And now, you know, you're not that's not going to happen. So you're still tell us about this latest gas giveaway, when it is and what's happening. Well, we have about 15 service station and six or seven, I guess, I don't know, uh, food uh, stores and get food and gas. That's on the 25th of this month. That's a Saturday. Uh, and we will continue to to do it. We've always done this for uh, uh, help people. Uh, we never didn't do it for a vote. I mean, I'm not running for mayor now. I'm doing it. And I will continue to do it wherever there's a need to, for me to be. Um, I don't take to and try to buy vote or buy anybody. I do things from the heart to try to help people. We've done more for, I believe, this city of Chicago than a lot of these politicians done in sitting in office and getting themselves a raises while people, while people ain't even got food to eat and can't buy egg. So we must continue on to do that. And, and by the way, as we continue to do this, look, a lot of the people uh, talk about me didn't vote for me, but I'm still going to continue to help. There's nothing to do with it. Let them keep on because I'm not going to allow myself <laughs> to get on their level, you know? Yeah. Dr. Wilson, I really hope that you're talking with Paul Vallis, and I hope he puts you in charge of, of bringing back businesses to the, to the great city of Chicago because, you know, I never want to see Chicago fail, and I think Chicago continues to fail because they continue to vote for the same type of politicians. And I hope that that Doctor, I mean, uh, Paul Vallis actually brings you in, and you guys actually tackle the tough subjects mm-hmm. that that need to be tackled in the city of Chicago in order to bring her back. So I, I really hope that that's part of your conversation, mm-hmm. and that was part of your endorsement. It, it, it were we talk about that. Uh, I, I won't. I won't take a paid job. You know, I, I mean, I will help him if he, uh, as long as he asks and. And he he do right by all citizens. I'm I'm more than happy to to take the help, but I won't take a paid job because I like my independent too much. Yeah. And and then I don't think Chicago got enough money to pay me. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love and you're it. so philanthropic, and you're so generous with your money. And I really, you know, this yeah. extra gas giveaway and food giveaway is really much appreciated, especially during these hard times with inflation. And you know, people are living paycheck paycheck to paycheck. Who never? But this isn't new. Ever for him, lived though. paycheck to paycheck. He's been doing this for decades. I know, I know, and he's still doing it. So yeah. we appreciate you, Doctor yeah. Wilson, and thank you so much for joining us this morning. We appreciate it. Thank you, Doctor. All right, thank you guys for having us. Mm-hmm. Right. God bless. God bless. Mm-hmm. Bye. And he joined us on our Turnkey Dot Pro Answer Line. This is the morning show. More Chicago radio listeners are choosing. This is Chicago's morning answer on AM five sixty. The answer. All right, so every so often we get voicemails here at the station, which I like this first one because I'm a Paul Vallis supporter. Yeah, I'm just calling to counter all the anti-Vallis comments here. He's the only one that has come up with any solutions for any of the problems in the city. So as far as I'm concerned, Paul Vallis is the only logical vote to get the city back on track. And anyone else calling from the suburbs probably shouldn't have any uh, uh, Me. answer to uh, who should be George. mayor of the city of Chicago. Because yeah. Naples is a suburb of Chicago now. Yeah. So you guys pipe down over there, all right? Um, and then we got, we got this one, and I sent it to Justin right away because, well. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm afraid. Uh-oh. 
Amy, you are not a full-fledged reporter. You are a Republican bitch. Oh. Oh, Amy. Do they realize we know who they are? Should should I call him back? Do you think he likes me? Yeah, he likes you. He loves you. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of craziness. We deal with not... Right wing crazy. Left nut jobs, okay? So, yeah. This is the morning show. More Chicago radio listeners are choosing. This is Chicago's morning answer on AM560. The answer. Open mic. Open mic Friday. Call it now. Open mic Friday. Welcome back to Chicago's Morning Answer. I'm John Anthony filling in for Dan Prof. Amy Jacobson, what time is it? It is Open Mic Friday. That's right. Party time. No, you know what it is? What's it's that? Balance of Nature time. Let's do it. I got them. Because I gave you Balance of Nature and then I took some back. <laughs> yeah, you did. That's okay. You did <laughs> That's that. That's all right. Every new one. Whoa. Hey. Oh. oh, oh. Did I? Oh, I heard Ooh, That might be it. That might start a fight, man. <laughs> I'll find out the Wait whole story behind that. All right, grab a line, 312-642-5600, turnkey.pro answer line. You can also text us at 64636, type in DA, then a quick comment. A little housekeeping here. Okay. Remember when Mayor Lightfoot said that there's not a homeless problem, she'll take care of it? Yeah. Because Tucker Carlson, Alderman uh, Lopez, went to O'Hare because people were stepping over bodies. They weren't sure if they were dead, sleeping, homeless. Oh, yeah, it was a huge thing. And I went to the press conference, and she said, well— Consider the source. And I said, well, I have the photos right here. Here's the source. Um, which I think almost got a million views on Forbes. Wow. Forbes tweeted my question out to her and my thing saying, here are some pictures. Well, apparently they've cleaned things up at O'Hare. Uh, one person said everything's just so clean and warm compared to what, what it was like before. The airport is now clear of homeless people. Apparently they told them that they had to leave and they wouldn't let them back in. One homeless woman asked, well, where am I should go? And they said, quote, that's not our problem, as they proceeded to put hundreds of people on the blue line to get them out of O'Hare. I was about to say, where they, they, so they pushed the problem off somewhere else. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. Well, they didn't solve the There problem. are shelters. There are places available, but homeless people don't want to be told what to do, and that's why a lot of people, and some of them have mental illness right. problems, live on the streets, and they're in these orange tents yeah. that this good Samaritan gave to people, they're you know hunting ice fishing tents, yeah. and they are all over Chicago. When when I worked for Safer Foundation, we we used to get some of the men, some of the homeless population in, and uh, what I found uh, to be a similar story with most of them is they said, "Hey, we don't want responsibility. Right. We don't want. We, I none don't of want this. a phone bill. I'm I don't home. want a comad bill. I I'm want... homeless because I choose to be. Yep. That's what they told me. Most of them. You'd and we shocked. just let them. I mean, if you drive up and down Lakeshore Drive. Oh. Yeah. There are encampments, and they're growing bigger and bigger. Wow. So, Tent City gotten bigger, huh? Oh, yeah. It's it's an issue. So that whoever the next mayor is, mm. got a lot of work to do. All right. Speaking of Chicago, if you're planning on going downtown, oh, excuse me, I'm doing a show oh, here. Oh, I'm, I'm just trying to I'm trying to get this smell out of my hands. Wait, do you have water to take the bath? I do. I'm waiting for you. I'm cracking mine open in water. That's oh, how I Lord. do mine. Go ahead. All right. So if you're planning on going downtown this summer... Don't, <laughs> and it's not because of crime. So we're just learning now because uh, Mayor Lightfoot slammed this NASCAR race 
in Grant Park down our throats. She, she did it without uh, public approval. And now they're saying that Grant Park is going to be tied up for 80 days this summer. Here's Alderman Riley, who's part of Grant Park, is in his ward. That is a last-minute switcheroo, just like the casino deal was, just like the NASCAR deal was. This is a trend and is likely why this mayor wasn't reelected. Grant Park is being quietly and slowly privatized, yep. where there are only a handful of days each summer season where the public can use it without having to pay an emissions fee. 80 days, and then for 40 days before and after the event, parts of Lakeshore Drive are going to be closed. We're going to have a fun summer. And then starting March 21st, I believe, two lanes of the Kennedy are going to be shut down. Oh, my God. For two years. Two years. (sighs) Two years. At least I don't have to drive up there. Oh, you're lucky. (laughs) I do. That's my light. That's the way I, my route. Yeah. Anyway, 312-642-5600, turnkey.pro answer line. Um. And if you're getting a busy signal, keep calling back. Um, do you have anything you want to say? Yeah, you you, you need to move out in the south suburbs. Eh? I mean, in, in the suburbs somewhere. Southside! <laughs> move somewhere out in the suburbs. On, right on the corner, on the outskirts of Chicago. How about that? All right. Well, I will tell you that I have said publicly that if Brandon Johnson wins, yeah. I have to move out of the city. Oh, where are you going to go? Come out to Joliet. We'll accept. We'll you take know what? You. I like Elk Grove. Oh, okay. But don't tell anybody. It's like a little hidden gem out here. Yeah. Okay. The rest the property of the taxes are a little bit lower because of all the manufacturing that's coming in. Yeah. And they've got a great, they've just got a lot of amenities. I do have some. Yes, sir. I have my boat cruise settled. Oh, okay. Talk September about that. September 9th. Well, good. It's going to be September 9th. It's going to be from 4 to 7 uh, on freespirityachtcruises.com. Um, Go check them out. Um, they take very good care of us. You know, you've been oh, there, yeah. Amy. It's so uh, all fun. you can drink, all you can eat. Um, it's it's going to be a good time, September 9th. September 9th. September 9th. All right. Where, do, where can people sign up? Uh, well, Mar- Marcus hasn't done all of that yet. So, okay. But I just wanted to prep people. There's and some people also, who have never been there, so you got to come this year. Faith, family, values, the foundation of our democracy are under attack, and now more than ever, it's time to rise and take a stand. You're invited to the Black Conservative yeah. Summit, March 24th and 25th, featuring Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, Larry Elder, Dr. Vody Bachman, and many more as they discuss how to fix America. Don't miss this impactful convergence of leading voices in the conservative movement, March 24th, 25th at Tinley Park Convention Center. Everyone is welcome, regardless of ethnicity. Seating is limited. Register today at blackconservativesummit.net. That's blackconservativesummit.net. All right. Now we can get to the phone lines. All right. Let's start with, ooh, let's go to Eduardo at Midway. You're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Yeah, Amy, I'm going to plan. I'm going to plan on being there for that uh, Black Conservative Summit. I already registered, so I'm looking forward to. I'll be there Saturday. Good. Yeah. Hey, uh, you probably heard the news, and I was shocked to hear this. I, I, let me just t- briefly tell you. When I was smuggled, who's this guy walking with a white bird on his shoulder? And then the, yesterday, I'm checking out like the theme song. I'm talking about Beretta, Robert yes, Blake. He passed I love away, Beretta. 89. And I'm looking at the song here. It says, Sammy Davis Jr., keep your eye on the sparrow. I was just like shocked. <laughs> All right. And Robert Blake. I never would have thought that. Okay. Did you ever watch Beretta? Yeah, it's been so long since I've seen it. But you what? Were you... I've seen it. Well, how yeah. old are you? I'm four... I'll am i be 47 Oh, you're next a month. baby. Oh, my God. You probably didn't watch Beretta. Yes, I did. You did? Or maybe reruns. Thanks, TV. Eduardo. Yeah. Thank because... you. You still, what did you say? WPWR, whatever oh, it's called. You come on okay. Yeah. So if that's the station. Robert Blake um, probably killed his second wife, you yeah. know. 
So just letting you know. Uh oh. Speaking of bad relationships, Tiger Woods. Uh oh. What is he thinking? When he started dating her, he's like, no, 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 you deserve to be with a superstar. Thirty million. She's suing him for thirty million dollars, and she wants to have the NDA, non-disclosure agreement, torn up. And she claims because, and the only way you can get it expunged or torn up is if there's an allegation of sexual abuse or sexual assault. So she can make up anything and say anything she wants to try to get thirty million. Is that what she's alleging? Yes. Oh, but we don't know the details. Yeah. I just became thirty million dollars is a lot of money. Well, that's a lot. I mean, come on. She's living in. She wants to take it out of his trust or something. Yeah. Go find a new boyfriend. Could get a better job. Don't mooch off Tiger Woods. All right, Kevin in Austin, Texas. You're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Thanks for taking my call. I know that Chicago is like the the big brother or the older sister who gets all the attention in politics, but I hope people remember to get involved in the local school school board districts up there. Uh, Very important elections that are coming up. Uh, You know, people, as you know, and you've been reporting on the whole time, are extremely upset how... The school boards treated their kids and families during uh, during COVID, the masking and all that. So just remember to get out and vote for those things. Yeah, we had Teresa Hayes. She's running for District 92 and Michael Clausen on for District 205. I know it's important. And people forget what they did to our children. Yeah, I mean, look, look at Brandon yeah, Johnson. Brandon, Brandon Johnson was one of the voices. He's because he's a community organizer responsible for spreading that lie that two fifth grade girls brought COVID home to their mothers and killed them. And nobody followed up. And I called the ME all the, at least once a week, sometimes four times a week checking in. Have you gotten the toxicology report back? One mom died from alcoholism, never even had COVID. Her daughter never had COVID. And the other girl didn't have COVID. She didn't bring COVID home to her mom. Her mom had five comorbidities. Her mom refused to get vaccinated and her mom would go out and uh, be out and about and not, her, her daughter had nothing to do, yeah. and they make those fifth grade girls feel guilty for the rest of their lives, yeah. telling right. them that's how and this what sick perverts the yeah. CTU is. Yeah, this guard and, and Pritzker's out there throwing money out uh, to try to uh, get the left uh, candidates elected. Uh, oh yeah, even the library so board. The fight continues on. Yeah. yeah, so it's people. I mean, that's something that it's under the radar for most people. They don't want to think about politics after last year or whatever. Or, you know, you know, the focus is on Chicago, but those are very important races. And that yeah. affects your uh, property tax bill pretty mm-hmm. big. It does. But, but Chicago yeah. has the Thanks. opportunity. Thanks, Chicago has the opportunity to do what Illinois voters didn't do, throw out the cancer, throw out the people that locked everything down, throw out the people that destroyed businesses, throw out the people that allowed the, root, the, 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 uh, the, the rioters to just riot and loot. And somebody said, I heard, I forget, I don't know if it was on your show or Sean's show, that show me where on the south side of Chicago where they robbed and looted people. I can go right there on 63rd and Weston. Yeah, they were they were the first all, night was downtown. Yes. The second night was south side. Yes. The third night was my hood. Yeah, and it came all the way out to where I'm at in Joliet. It was out right. there. Oh yeah, in Aurora too. Yeah. I mean, even smaller Naperville had some looting. Yeah, yeah. Take what you but want. Throw the cancer out now, Chicago. Well, you we didn't throw out Pritzker. We did throw out That's Lightfoot. What I mean. Yeah. Wonder what's going to happen to Doctor Awarde. Yeah, but, but Paul I think Dallas is elected or Brandon Johnson. Brandon Johnson double downs on what Lori Lightfoot attempted to do. He's actually going to bring it to to light and, and pass it. He'll he'll get done what Lori couldn't do. He'll be the new progressive voice for Chicago for quite. Oh some yeah, time. that's why all these progressive aldermen are like foaming at the mouth, hoping yeah. he gets in. Yeah. Uh, Rich in Indian Head Park, you're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, John. Hey, what's up, Joe? How are you guys Catch doing you. today? 
<laughs> How are you? Yeah, right. That's my nickname for him, Joe Listen, Pesci. <laughs> <laughs> what I have to say is uh, this question is for Amy. Amy, the other day they had a woman's uh, International Women's Day. Now, how can uh, Joe Biden in the White House, along with Anthony Blinken, give an International Woman of Courage Award to a biological male? A yeah, I saw that. I saw that. And not only that, they did the same thing with Leah Thomas nominating him for the NCAA Woman of the Year Award. Yeah, but he didn't get it. No, I know he didn't get it, but he was still nominated and he was a male. And the question that I have to ask, they're always talking about women's uh, rights. When are the women going to put their uh, uh, foot down on on things like this? I'm I'm all for... uh, uh, equal rights for women. If they're qualified for the job, they should get that job. It shouldn't just go to a male because he's male. If they're qualified, they get it. If they're qualified for the job, they should get paid the same as a male. So this is a question I ask. When are they going to make a stand on, on all of these nominations uh, that should be going to women for men? Uh, I'd, like to, I'd like to get your comments from not only you, Amy, but, but John. You guys have a good weekend. Thank you. Yeah. But John, as a woman, I mean, you, you look at, and I said this on my show. I, I'm not discriminated against. Right. And when, when, I, when and if I am, I'll let you know. Right. That's my point, though. Women have fought for decades for equality. Right. And then to be only to be usurped by a man, usurping their equality, calling themselves a woman. I mean, where are the, where are the feminists? Uh, all I can tell you, it's not easier being a woman. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be. I'm comfortable, happy being a man. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, it's just, it's not an easy way out. They think their life's going to change. It's not. Uh, Tom in Blue Island, you're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Hey, uh, Amy, John, good show. Hey, what's up, uh, Glad to see that Kevin from Broken Record, Texas, is still out there kicking. Uh, John, <laughs> wanted to, John wanted to thank you for your support of our president. Yeah. It would be nice if some of the other people that – get behind the microphone at AM 560 could have a little bit more loyalty towards a man. And, uh, Amy, I wanted to ask your, uh, your boy, Paul Vallis, since he's so good at disguising who he is, is it possible he could go to the bears, say his name is really Hallis and not Vallis. Uh, he's a long lost relative. Get him to stay in Chicago. Maybe no. say he only changed his name to take a job or something. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen, Tom, but thanks. Thanks for the call. Thanks, the the, the oh, I love Tom McCaskies calls have already show. made up their mind. Yeah, right? I love when Tom calls in my show. They're gone. Uh, John in Bridgeport, you're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Hey guys, um, Aim. Just so you know, I I handicapped the uh, first the first election, and I was pretty spot on. Should I call back next week and see if Dan will take my call? I'll handicap ward by ward with the upcoming uh, uh, mayoral election. All right. Two, mm-hmm. two number two. Um, your guy, Brandon Johnson, there keeps referring to the January 6th insurrection. Is he ready to eat humble pie now that Tucker Carlson came out with stuff that's just flat out lies uh, from, coming from the left? No, he's, he's going to keep doing it. All right, three, I hope Vallis doesn't back down on this abortion thing. Just ask, and Chicago Union members out there, why don't you speak up right now? Is that a life in the womb or not? Speak up on it. And, and, and does it have any rights? And uh, last but not least, uh, here we go. I'm thinking Vallis is going to win it right now by eight eight points. So there you go. Okay. Talk to you soon. 
Thanks, John. Sean Thompson says Val is losing by 14. I don't. He's I don't not going to lose by 14. Yeah, I don't agree, Sean. Sean's delirious. Oh, oh I have White to. White Ice Cube. Verlan on the south side. You're Uh-oh. on Chicago's Morning Answer. How's it going, Amy? How's it going, John? What's up, brother? Uh, you know, I respect Willie Wilson. I've met him a couple of times. I've had conversations with him. Uh, but uh, he, he's, he's dead wrong. Uh, not Paul Vallis. He's not going to win. Brandon Johnson's yes, going to win. No, he's not. Because he's saying all the right things that black people want to hear. <laughs> I know a lot of people don't want to acknowledge race. But I'm going to tell you about black people. Black people don't give a damn about politics. Black people are social. They care about who cares about them and who wants to help them. What's Brandon Johnson saying? He's going to invest in people. He even let it slip in the debate. He said black people. He's talking about investment. What does that mean? He cares about me and he wants to help me. John knows what I'm talking about. Black people are social. Socialist is not a bad word for black people. It just means they want to to, to have camaraderie and they care. They, they they have big hearts. So you can believe what you want, Amy. And, John, this is what I want to do. All or nothing. You owe me 13 martinis. Do you want to go <laughs> all or nothing? Martinis. That's 20 13. martinis. How's it 13 now? Good Lord, Villan. When did he get up to 13? Do you want to make the bet? Uh, we'll talk about it tomorrow. How about that? Yeah, so that's all a good right, tease right. to turn into black and white radio from 4 to 7 p.m. to <laughs> see what bet they make. All right, let's go to Nick on the northwest side. Yeah, thank you. You're both doing a nice job there. And, uh, John, uh, your Saturday show is what hours again? Uh, and, four to seven. Okay, okay. Yeah, I just want to make sure I got that right. Uh, okay, uh, I was saying to the screener that, uh, uh, unfortunately, I don't see it as hopeless. Nothing's ever permanently hopeless. But I see it as very, very difficult to change things, like with crime, uh, for example. It's a serious problem in Chicago and neighborhoods in general, but the downtown areas of Chicago and Manhattan, New York, uh, they depend so much on the local people and tourism if uh, things don't pick up. Uh, we, we need something from a federal level, a uh, a really hard, uh, you know, cracking down type of uh, set of laws so that people who have, tend to have a tendency to commit crimes start realizing, hey, the good times are over. You know, you got to be careful. You're going to get locked up, going to be uh, held for a while until your process. You're not going to be just let out. Now, that's what we need. And other, and I'm looking forward to uh, Chuck from Delavan. I hope he's on. Yeah. I, it really threw me off balance last week when he wasn't on. I know. Okay, that's you know what? Thank you. Thanks, Nick, for the phone call. I was playing pickleball at the Elk Grove Pavilion, and a lady came up to me. That and sounds Kathy so white. She, okay. <laughs> that sounds so white. Pickleball. Well, there's minorities there, too, if that oh. makes you feel better. But she came up to me. She said, where is Chuck from Delavan? He hasn't called in on Friday, and I'm very yeah. concerned. Is he okay? But he's okay. He called in earlier oh, good. this week, so he's alive. Okay. <laughs> and, Chuck, if you're out there, we'll love to hear from you. Let's go to Dawn in Naperville. You're on hey, Chicago's Dawn. Morning Answer. Hi, good morning. Thank you so much for taking my phone call. I think it was great that Marianne Ahern brought up the proficiency rates. What was quite disappointing is that neither one of those candidates brought up what they would change, Um, especially coming from a teacher. You would think that as the teacher, the teacher would know that the whole word reading approach does not work for a lot of kids and that there's a child find that is mandated law. So even you had the parent on that was running for the board. It, even if a child is suspected of having dyslexia or any type of disability, the school is then required to evaluate. So there is so much that could be do, uh, going insane. on. And, and Redwood Literacy Center is actually doing a lot. They've got a pilot program that they, they're on their second year um, in, the, in the Lawndale. It's the Lawndale program. 
So, and I just want to point out, just because your child goes to CPS, if you can afford tutoring, your kid's going to be fine. Yep. It's the low-income families that can't afford tutoring. Their kids don't have an opportunity. So those are the kids that we need to worry about, and those are the kids that they should be talking about, rather than just throwing out a check and, not, and then not having the nerve or the guts to say what needs to be changed, including the teaching methodologies. There was a huge opportunity that was lost. All right. Thank Thanks you. so much, Dawn, for the phone call. Appreciate it. Uh, let's get in a few more here. To, to, to Sean and Darian, you're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Hi, good morning. Thank you. Um, if Vallis gets elected, the only way he'd be able to show that he has any credibility or gives a shit about the city mouth is language. He, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That he goes in and fires that scumbag Kim Fox. She, That officer that died the other day, his blood is on her hands. She's pathetic. And he has to fire her if he if he really gives a crap about that city. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Sean. But he can't. That's not. As mayor, you can't go in and fire a Cook he can't. County State's no, attorney. No, she, she's duly elected. We'd have officially. to. She'd have to be recalled by the state legislature. Correct? And there's that recall a recall process in the state of Illinois. You'll never get a politician recalled in here. You'll never. They, that'll never happen. Politicians protected themselves. Guess we'll have to wait till next time around when she runs again. Listen to Dan and Amy on your smartphone. Download the AM560 mobile app today at 560theanswer.com slash mobile. Thanks for listening to Chicago's Morning Answer podcast sponsored by Signature Bank. Signature Bank takes pride in helping customers grow their business and provide unmatched banking expertise, custom financial solutions, and the industry's best technology. So whether you're a business looking for a deposit relationship or needs a ready source of financing, Signature Bank is the right bank for you. Call today at 773-467-5600 to hear how Signature Bank can help your business grow and thrive. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender.